Holman, welcome back from Morocco. Okay, so uh, two days ago? Yeah. In a 24-hour span? Yeah. I was in three continents. Really? Yeah. Which ones? Africa. Mm-hmm. Europe. Okay. North America. Yeah, makes sense. In 24 hours. I want to hear about Morocco. Are we going to hear about Morocco and you and hanging out with the Nissan guys? Nope. Because I'm so jealous. What? No, no. Next episode. Okay. Because I brought the recorder. Got a bunch of interviews from out there. Right. Which will be pretty cool. But you have to go through the audio and download it. So <laughs> I brought that for you. So it'll be, it'll be next uh, episode. Of course I do. But it was awesome. You have what, like 80 hours of audio yeah, I have dude, to sift you, through? It's going to suck so hard for you. Oh my God. Yeah. But it was uh, it was awesome. So just a quick recap on my Morocco trip. Yeah, yeah. So I was invited there by Nissan, right? Um, they have a new division, their light commercial vehicle division, that's now global. So they put all the uh, marketing and people and engineers into this one uh, this one division that does all their body and frame stuff around the world. So this was sort of like a coming out party for their newly created division that's like about a year old. And so they had a vehicle from China, a vehicle from uh, Southeast Asia, a vehicle from Europe and a vehicle from the United States, and uh, we had a chance to sample all. Do of them. you have a favorite? Are you going to make? You're, you're going to you know, tease us, aren't you? Yeah, I'm going to tease you. Okay, I'm gonna tease you. great. Thanks. And uh, we had a chance to uh, sample these vehicles and drive them in the giant. Sounds like it sounds like you're talking about chocolate. The giant. I'm going to sample sand dunes <laughs> of the Western Sahara Desert. Oh. And I posted a bunch of pics on my uh, okay, Instagram. Okay, you have been to Glamis, which is those are yeah. huge sand dunes nope. in Southern California. Nope, not even a little bit huge. When you go to the Sahara Desert, there were sand dunes that were like 2,000 feet tall. That's a lot of sand, my friend. What are you talking about, Willis? So uh, I, I posted a bunch of pictures <laughs> at Sean no P. Holman. Gets, no one gets the uh, on, different uh, strokes uh, reference, I, do they? I get it. Okay. I, was, I was blown by it. Um, <laughs> no. Uh, so at Sean P. Holman, if you want to see a bunch of pictures and stuff uh, on my Instagram account, and we had a bunch of listeners we posted on the Truck Show podcast, at Truck Show podcast. If you want to see all of our adventures, follow, uh, follow me. And uh, yeah, so there's a ton of pictures up there. Got to hang out with camels. Got to I've play in sand never dunes. Ha- been near a camel, other than of course at a, at you they know at a zoo. They spit. Did they really spit? They do. They really spit. They really spit. Yeah. Did they spit at you? No, no, no. They hit my buddy David Page from Fluid Peak Collective. <laughs> uh, David was out there. Oh, he's a nice guy. Uh, I know. Our buddy uh, Brent Hagen from okay. Nissan was yeah. uh, was out there with. Did me. he get spit at? He did not. Oh, because he's not. no, because he's the party host. Why would they spit at That's him? That's right. No, no, no. They wouldn't. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so uh, played in the sand dunes. Got to drive a bunch of different trucks, uh, diesel, gas uh, trucks from around the world. All right, well, and, and, just save it, save it. We, I don't want, I know- you're It's gonna, exciting. Uh, yes. Okay, all right, so- uh, we, uh, here. Okay, stop. It's hammer time. I need to thank you, uh-huh. not for the Morocco content that's okay. coming, all right? Next week. For doing something that's more important to me personally. Yes. You brought me cookies from 7-Eleven, chocolate chip, co- chip all right, cookies, yes. So we had this conversation about the Bakery Express in Fullerton, California, where you could not buy their cookies. You have to go to 7-Eleven. So I picked you up your disgusting pipeline punch monster juice. Yeah, I had to have it. And I decided we, we record at night, and yeah, I'm I start late fading. Night. Yeah. And I decided that I was going to buy mm. cookies. Yeah. And I'm opening them right now because I want to know if you're full of crap or if these cookies are delicious. Okay. So this is the first time I've ever tried. These, one of these are cookies. not the cookies that come like a dozen per pack no. in some other aisle. These are the ones that sit next next to the counter. Right. In cellophane. Yeah. I got you your chocolate chunk. Yeah, I'm almost well, half done with my second one. I'm more of an M&M fan, and so this is the uh, sugar cookie made with M&M chocolate candy. And I am a sucker for sugar cookies. I'm waiting for you I to try it. I actually like to bake sugar cookies. Stop talking and just I'm eat it. I'm a sugar cookie connoisseur. <laughs> and okay. I'm going to sample this delicious morsel. Just try, no, don't get too much in your beard, because you always walk around with food in your beard. This is like one of those YouTube videos mm-hmm. where people are making crunching noises, and it's uh, it's buttery. Right. 
Um, it's slightly crispy around the outside, but super gooey on the inside. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, sprinkled with mini M&Ms. And not bad for a dollar twenty nine, right? Is that what I paid? I think Holy you crap. paid a dollar. They used to be ninety nine cents. Mm-hmm. They are dollar. And then I think that I there was so much demand. Mm. Just me. I was buying so many of them. They're like, hey, there's a market here. Let's raise the price. I can take a Nissan Titan XD with over two thousand pounds of payload and fill up the bed with a with, lot of those cookies. With these delicious cookies. Yeah. Uh, and then I would. Uh, know what I would do? No. 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 Back, you would. You would put I would, it in a deck drawer. I would put a deck system in the back, <laughs> and I would lock them in the deck drawer where they would be safe from um, the elements like dust and you <laughs> and water. And then I would drive around with thousands of pounds of delicious cookies. I had never mm. thought of using a Nissan or decked for that purpose, but mm. now that you say that, do you think people in their car have enough fidelity to hear each individual M&M crunching in my mouth right now? We should start the show. We should. All right. The Truck Show. We're going to show you what we know. We're going to answer what the truck, because truck rides with the truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline. The truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. It's the truck show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman. Hey, that's us. I'm just jamming to the music. Yeah. But I, I have something to play for you. You ready? I still love this uh, intro, though. Okay. It never gets old. I have something to play for you. All right. Go. Here we go. Hey, it's Lightning from, from, from Bank. Bank. <laughs> hey, no, I'm trying to leave a message on our brand new uh, voicemail so we can retrieve messages and play them on the air. It's pretty cool, huh, Billy? Yeah, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys, you should use this. Everyone, you can call it. Area code 657-205-6105. Truck Show Podcast Voicemail. 657-205-6105. Are we calling this the five-star hotline? I think it should be called the five-star hotline. All right. Yeah. All right. So that's uh, 657-205-6105 for the five-star hotline. If you guys want to leave us a voice message rather than emails. Yeah, you've been sending us a lot of emails for the last, I don't know, whatever, 42 episodes or something, which is great. So please do keep us, you know, keep keep sending those emails at truckshowpodcast at gmail.com or... We would love to hear from you. So Here's if you have I'm an thinking. interesting story. I think we have guys who are driving and they can't uh, they can't type an email. Right. So they can just call right now. Pause the podcast. Type in this number, 657-205-6105, and leave us a message on the five-star hotline. I want someone to leave us a message while driving a tractor. A combine, a tractor, or even a tractor trailer. Yeah, that'd be cool. So we are, we're gonna, for sure we're calling it the five-star hotline? No. Five-star what is it called? Five-star hotline! No, I don't want to do that, because we have to reserve the five-star yell for when mm. we actually get a review. Yeah, but then That's an it's, not, review. it's not happy. We have to save that. The five-star yell has to be for that people who give us actual good five-star reviews, which help us. By the way, thanks. We need, to, we need to reserve that for them. Thanks for the last five that you guys gave us in this past week. That really helps us out on the rankings. And uh, keep those five-star reviews coming, because it actually matters. Yeah, how many do we have now? Uh, 250. Ah! Yes! Yes. Uh, by the way, five-star! Five <laughs> See, that's an actual use of all right, it right there. All right, well, then, are we just going to call it the five-star hotline? Yeah, it's the five-star hotline. All right. 657-205-6105. Or again, you can always email us at truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. What do we have coming up on the show? I don't know, but I cannot wait for the future when we can hear the five-star hotline and what people leave for us. But 
We will be talking to ourselves in the future tonight. Yes. Beca- no, we're not going to talk to ourselves in the future because we're calling Australia. Is that what you mean? Yes. It's going no, to be tomorrow. We're calling we call. the future. We're we- calling the future. Yeah. But we won't be in the future. No. Will we be in the future? Will he be able to tell us how crappy this show was or what our suckage was? Uh, he won't know till after the fact. Yeah. But he'll He's not know. far enough in the future to tell us how sucky our show is. Will you? I mean, he could tell us we're sucky now. He probably will. <laughs> he doesn't need to be in the future. All right. Well, that that's going to be. Uh, You're talking about Matt Hankin from Rhino Rack. Correct? Yeah, Rhino Rack in Australia. So these guys make a ton of uh, racks and accessories for trucks. But also, what makes Australian racks better than U.S. racks? I think we can ask Matt about that. Okay. But here's what's cool. He's going to talk to us about uh, like overlanding in Australia and how it relates to overlanding in the U.S. Do they think like, we're wusses? That's what I want to know. <laughs> okay. Have you ever been to Australia? No. Dude, serious off-roading. Love to And go. because of their laws and stuff, they don't have as big of a lift or tires or things like that like we do. So, Guys, I know when we have uh, Australians come over to like car shows and they see my, my dually, they trip. They're like, we could never have that in oh, Australia. 100%. 100%. Also, we've got our friend Steve Sanders coming back from Cummins. Oh, loves me some Steve. We uh, could probably call him right now if you want. Dial and smile. All right, let's do it. Hello. This wouldn't happen to be Mr. Steve Sanders of Cummins, would it? Oh, this would. This would indeed. <laughs> Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast. How are you, gentlemen? We're good. We want you to pull up a stool. Pull up a stool and share. Pull up a stool and share a story. Pull up a stool and share. How about you pull up a stool and share with us? Steve, can you share with us? Yeah, we uh, uh, <laughs> we totally missed you at uh, SEMA this year because you were too talk. busy. No, it wasn't even that. I just I had no voice. I lost it Monday, and uh, I kept looking at you guys up on the mezzanine, and I was so sad. <laughs> oh, you I saw shouldn't us. even go up there. You had eyes of longing. I did. So I did. we we missed you. It's funny because your name came up several times. We're like, we got to check in because Steve will have the answer on that. Steve will have the answer in this, and, and then no Steve, and then no Steve, and he's he's down below us going. And, and I swear, <laughs> trying to get I our attention. It's like that dream you have where something bad's happening to you, and you go to scream, and nothing, and nothing comes out. Comes out. Yeah, uh, he's waving uh, down. Yeah. He's waving down below. He's going, stop, stop. I needed cue cards. The show is horrible. Yeah, cue cards. Well, I think he was. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he lost his voice because he was screaming at all the awesome Cummins news that came out of SEMA. There was a lot. Before you get into that, Steve, uh, give us a recap of SEMA for you. How did you? What did you think? We did five shows from there. How, is that how many we did? Yeah, we did five, five shows. shows from there. I still can't believe we did five shows. It was shows crazy. It was kind of sad, Steve. We were both in our rooms at like midnight <laughs> drinking a beer alone, editing audio. It was great. We had a good time, so I don't want to sound like I'm an ingrate. That's not a bad thing. I mean, that means you got good sleep if you're in your no, room no, no. at midnight. Well, okay. So I believe the amount of hours of sleep we got were probably uh, uh, commensurate to our friends, except ours was a deeper sleep because we were absolutely passed out. Right. <laughs> So how was no, it for you? SEMA was incredible. We um, we had a really good year this year. We we moved down to uh, a different neighborhood for us. Uh, typically, we hang out up in the four wheel drive uh, and off road section. And this year, we were down in Central Hall. Uh, oh, you were slumming it, dude! Slumming dude, it. Oh, I went man. over to look for them in their normal booth spot because it was right across from us at Lund. And I were walking <laughs> over, and there's no Cummins. Went, and I'm like, there's no I way Cummins isn't it. here. I went and laid down a rose over there. I was like, oh, it's a little tombstone. We were were stoked. And, you know, we couldn't go in the Central Hall without having uh, something special and a bit more car related. So um, we had a 1963 Volvo Amazon um, in our booth. And it was something that 
it's a weird car in and of itself, and it wasn't the only Volvo Amazon at SEMA, believe it or not, this year. <laughs> what? Were there two of them? I didn't wait. There what? Three. No, there wasn't. You're lying. No. There's a, a gold sedan. No. That, uh, Incorrect, uh, no, sir. No, no, no. <laughs> there was a gold sedan that was uh, grafted onto a Corvette frame with the help of SEMA Garage, and then there was a wagon um, somewhere. Uh, I never saw the wagon personally, but somebody told me it was there. But ours was the only one with the Cummins R28 in it, uh, laying down 375 foot-pounds to the rear wheels. So about that, I might have heard that your little R2.8 crate engine, which comes with everything you need to literally run it in the crate before you even drop it in a vehicle, got a little bit of a mm, power boost. Yeah, so uh, since we talked last, we released... Uh, standard 310 foot-pounds at 1,800 RPM. Uh, we released a two-year warranty. Both of those things were uh, retroactive to all customers. So if you if you bought one, wow. uh, you got a free upgrade uh, power. There are a lot of other cool dorky features we built into that calibration. <laughs> dorky. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> the, the torque was definitely the, the carrot, the dangle to get people to do that. What was the uh, difference in power from the old power rating to the current power rating? Power rating, we stayed the same. Uh, the curve changed just a little bit, but uh, noticeable torque difference and noticeable bottom-end fueling uh, to give a, a lot more grunt off the line. Really happy with the way that turned out. Uh, the Volvo was a special car because the builder took a whole new take on, rather than just doing an LS swap or something, which, don't get me wrong, an LS swap Volvo 122 would be a hell of a lot of fun to drive. Uh, this was something that he drove from Albuquerque, New Mexico, he was running 80, getting over 40 miles per gallon. Oh, oh my God. God. Lord. <laughs> so, so. So, and, so that's a 161 horsepower and 310 uh, torque now. Yep. yep. That's crazy. Uh, right, out, right out of the gate. Ooh, I, drove, I drove Steve's. He has a, a TJ that has this uh, this in it with a stick. And uh, yep. when I went and visited him uh, in uh, in lovely Indiana, uh, everybody, by the way, it's, uh, it's not Columbus, Ohio. People are like, oh, it's Columbus, Ohio. No, no, Indiana. Uh, Heartland. Heartland, baby. Uh, it's awesome. They actually have a uh, race, uh, like, uh, development track in the middle of a cornfield, literally. Okay. Like, you pull, it's this town that Cummins is in, you pull out to, like, the outskirts of this town, and they have an airport where their corporate jets are, and they have a cornfield that has a track in the middle of it. And, <laughs> <laughs> Steve's laughing because it's so true. <laughs> you, you, I'm just hearing you say it from an outsider's perspective. I'm like, you guys oh, are like man, the big are. dogs, though, right? I mean, you got to run that town. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, more or less. We, <laughs> yeah. We're, so we're when you go to like a, you, a, to like a microbrew or something on a you know a Friday afternoon, everyone's like, yo, Cummins is in the house. No, the it's whole a, place is Cummins. If you don't work yeah, at Cummins. Say, it's like, hey, yeah. Jeff is over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just pretend yeah. you don't know each other for five minutes. Basically, you own a business or you work for Cummins. Those are like the two options in town. But yeah, so literally, it's a track in the middle of a cornfield. And, uh, and Steve had arranged for us to drive um, the four-cylinder um, B-series uh, engine, the 3.9. We had the uh, – was it the Q – is it QSR or Q – what's uh, the 3.3? Three, three? We had an original B3.9 4BT, and yep. that was one that a guy had built and turned up, and then later Moab turned over in one of the hot tubs. <laughs> we had a QSB 3.3. QSB. So, um, predating us doing a crate engine people were just taking these bread truck engines and that was an industrial engine and you know he had modified it to work in an lj uh, which was a really nice jeep uh by the way conversion was awesome uh, too yeah and then there was a mechanical 3.3 and another qsb 
And then we had um, two R2-8s. We had Fred Williams, Tube Sock, and then we had our black development Jeep. And then the cool thing about it is um, the 4BT is everything that you would expect from a Cummins bread van engine. It's <laughs> it's it's rough and powerful and torquey and noisy and all that. You get in the 3.3, and that was kind of interesting because that is an industrial engine mostly made for, like, I don't know, what would you say, running a when generator? When you say industrial, or what do you mean? It's not automotive. It was never designed to run up and down on um, RPMs. RPMs. It oh, was designed okay. to be set, you know, steady state. 1800, steady state. All it's day long. running power units. It's sitting yep. in generator, um, small construction yep. equipment. Yeah, gen but set, so. surprisingly tractable in a Jeep. However, the beauty of the R2.8, even though it's smaller in displacement, is that it was designed as an automotive engine, and with all the torque, it was absolutely a pleasure to row the gears in the TJ. And for those of you who own or drive TJs, you know me saying it's a pleasure. is It's probably, you know, you might not even believe me, but the engine is so good in that platform. It's it's just, it's everything you want. Power to weight ratio is awesome. It crawls. It's a very quiet engine for what it is. And going from the 3.9, you know, the 4BT into that, I don't even know. It was like um, going through a time portal or something. Like, it was so different. I mean, driving a 4B, like, I daily drove a 4B for a long time in a CJ7, and I loved it. Like, it made me happy every time we turned the keys. But, you know, it had its limitations, and when it was fun to drive around town, it wasn't fun to drive on the highway. Like, it it had its shortfalls, and one of those things was I had to put, you know, one-ton axles under the Jeep and stretch it and, and grow the Jeep around the engine. I like how he says, I had to. I had to. I mean, my hand was forced. My hand was forced. But with the 2.8, like, now fast forward 10 years, and I'm daily driving a bone stock looking uh, Land Rover that I just did an engine swap in, and I can take it through and drive through and, like, have three car seats in the back. And I couldn't do that with the 4B. Like, my, my kids might enjoy it, but my wife would have killed me. Yes, and you don't want to lose your wife because she's, uh, she's way cool. No, she's so much cooler than me. It's not even funny. Well, you are. Actually, you, you guys should be talking to her right now. <laughs> that might be an interesting conversation uh, to have. <laughs> the last time I saw her, I visited uh, Steve's house after they did their kitchen remodel, and I was in the middle of my kitchen remodel, sir. Um, I think, were, you, were you guys talking briskets? <laughs> no, 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 Lord. no, no. We were talking like color palettes, how tall are stools. Like if you oh, have a 32 inch counter, oh, where's Steve, your stool? I height? love your backsplash. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Honestly, Steve, yeah, did that conversation it, not it happen? There. Did that conversation <laughs> not happen? Sean, Sean is actually in uh, town, and it was an event. Like it wasn't, it had nothing to do with our market or anything. And he got invited to town, and he sent me a text, and he's like, I'm at this house, and it's uh, the the Irwin house um, or the Miller house. So it's this architecturally significant house. It's really cool. Um, J.I. Miller was uh, the guy who really turned Cummins around uh, back in the forties and fifties, big name in Columbus, very philanthropic guy. Uh, Anyway, his house happens to be at the end of like our street. I was like, walk out the back door and start walking toward this gate. <laughs> so here I come with the kids and a stroller and, you know, kind of stole Sean from <laughs> the important media event he was supposed to be attending. So you like, can talk about backsplashes. No, we, yeah. we did. We had beers and, uh, and his kids are like the cutest kids you've ever seen. And uh, hung out with was in the garage. Yeah, had a bunch of you know just everything, and then we drank beer. And now, and Steve, about Steve, do you have a full-on Cummins family? <laughs> Are they like support dad and support husband, or is it just a job that they don't really understand? Uh, the kids love it. Like they absolutely love it. And my my wife, she is more involved than she ever would have thought um, she would have been. But she she does cool things for Cummins that are unrelated to what I do. She um, you know handles. 
the green side, the sustainability reports, and does a lot of graphic design work. So we are very much a Cummins household. We're first-generation Cummins, uh, both of us, like which is odd for people in this area. We don't have any family members who ever worked for the company, and we eat, sleep, and drink this stuff. So, um, And the kids get it. They have Cummins stickers and all their toys. They, they love it. So God help me if uh, Cummins ever... Uh, gets savvy and fires me. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll be burning their toys. <laughs> now, you don't have a Cummins tattoo, do you, by any chance? Because there are a lot of those out there. No, I don't. You know, tattoos are dangerous. I'm from the Midwest. I just can't take a risk like that. <laughs> and what what yeah, happened? By the way, his tattoo says Cummings on it. <laughs> Cummings. That's why, that's why I can't show it. How does that does that kill you? Because I see those emails. Guys asking oh for sponsorship. God. You know, I work at banks, and guys are like, yeah, I've got a uh, 2012 Ram with a Cummings, and I go, you own the truck, and yeah. you're calling it a Cummings. You don't Cummings. even know what it is. There's no G that, at the end. Have that's you not- the most offensive one, and I feel so bad. Like, you feel like a jerk when you just, it falls out of your mouth now. When someone says it, it's like hitting me on the knee with a little rubber mallet. Like, <laughs> I react, and I'm just like, no, that's wrong, Cummins. The G is silent, people. They're telling me this great <laughs> There's no story G. about how important Don't even our do that. company and our product is to them, and they slip up and say Cummings. I'm like, wrong! It's, <laughs> wrong. it's not. You're wrong. At, at, at the, uh, the old Cummins factory, <laughs> if somebody says Cummings, uh, are they punished by having a shot caller, and then somebody has to uh, zap them every time, and there's behavioral we're, modification? We're not going. allowed to talk about what we do oh. when somebody <laughs> there, says There's a dungeon. Yeah, there's a dungeon. <laughs> yeah. What's the weirdest place? place or circumstance you've been in when you ran into a fanboy a F- cummins fanboy Ooh. Man, like like, like walking like like walking through times square you're wearing a cummins shirt and some guy comes is like where'd you get that shirt or like has there been that type of interaction where you you were weirded out by a guy who's just so passionate about the brand has that happened oh yeah we we have a lot of diehard folks and like we love to hear their story and talk to them all, but sometimes it's at like the wrong time and place, <laughs> like just for you and what's going on in your day. Like if you're not somewhere, you're expecting to talk to someone like that. And so I, I'm very much like when I travel, I make sure I don't have any coming stuff on on the flight or whatever, because you know, you just need a little downtime and you don't want to shut someone down. Who's a big fanboy? They have some big family story that has to do with comments because it is cool. And it's important to hear that. But like sometimes it does get a little creepy, and you. Have <laughs> I know, I know the creepiest time. Tattoo on your neck. Oh wait a minute, hold, like, wait a minute, hold on, oh, Steve. Oh. He Holman's got a creepy time. That time a journalist came to your house and talked to your wife about backsplashes. <laughs> 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 or, or, or the time that your uh, your boys thought I was their uncle. Yeah, no, they kind of still do. Don't worry. What you look like? They, him? Uh, what? They, no, no, no. They just. If, if you're me. in on the inner circle, you're an uncle to me. So, you know, that's fine. The boys get that. They're like, hey, it's Uncle Sean. I think he was FaceTiming one time, <laughs> yeah. and they wa- they wanted to talk to me and not their dad. Mm-hmm. We were on a trip somewhere together. Yeah, they get enough of me. <laughs> that's they, harsh. They're, they're tired of my FaceTiming when I'm on trips. They just want to see who I'm with. So uh, <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the weirdest swap with the 2.8 so far? I mean, the Volvo's pretty weird, um, but there's got to be the something. The Volvo's super weird. The most, uh, I'd say it's a tie. Oh, So okay. there is an AMC Gremlin. No, uh, there isn't. That yes. Was, yeah, that was built in Florida, and it made an appearance. Like, we knew nothing about this car. It made an appearance uh, at Shide this last uh, <laughs> summer. Love it. And it, it's like this beautiful metallic blue, fully restored Gremlin. 
you know, on white wheels and I was just really done well. It's got a just 100% perfect R28 install under the hood. And so we didn't know whose it was. And, you know, we took a picture of it. There's no contact information. And we finally learned at SEMA this year, I met the guy and he's from Florida Torque Converters. And they like built the car in about seven weeks for Shide. Uh, so that's that's the weirdest car. Now, for people on the West and Coast, Shide is a huge diesel Massive, event, right? Massive. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they're big all over this area. And we have um, we have a lot of fun with them that, you know, obviously Cummins is a big presence there through our customers. We can't really directly get involved with a lot of the performance stuff. Uh, but uh, really cool stuff that our customers are doing there. And then the second one would be a Vixen RV. Do you guys know what that is? No, a nope. Vixen RV. Well, I'm Pull that up, up on the laptop. Right now. There you go. Yeah, Google, yeah, Google that. <laughs> a Vixen so, RV. Not, yes, not like a, a Winnebago RV. or what? Nope. This is a vehicle. I had to Google it when this group reached out to me. They were some yes. first to buy R28s. Oh, that's cool. This well, is... let me see it. Nope. Okay, yeah, hold on. Let me too. see. It's like a sure. futuristic so, looking... Um, dude, that's the Winnebago man kind of Winnebago. I know it's not a Winnebago, this, but that's no. that's the kind of Winnebago where he's cursing. That looks sort so, of like the old GMC uh, front-wheel drive ones. The Mini Winnie, part of American tradition, and today on the cutting edge of design and function in a Class C motor home. You believe any of that shit? <laughs> <laughs> kind of that arrow... Oh, this, is a, this is a rear-engine, rear-wheel drive pusher. Wow, and it's not that big. It was designed by, and I, I'm I'm going to butcher his name. It's either Bill Collins or Bill Robbins. So don't hate me if you guys are DeLorean fanboys. <laughs> but the guy who designed the DeLorean for John DeLorean designed this. I can see it. And it's fully uh, wind tunnel tested. The whole bottom is completely flat. It went on this guy from San Diego, uh, the president of the Vixen RV Owners Association, he showed up on Cummins Repower Cruise with us in September, and he got second place on the Fuel Economy Challenge only <laughs> to the Volvo. The Volvo was getting like 46 on Cummins Repower Cruise. He was getting 29 to 31 in a 9,000-pound RV. What with was in there? In it oh, my. What's in there originally? Uh, two options. One was a small V6 from GM, and one was a 2.4 uh, naturally aspirated BMW uh, diesel. Really, just crazy vehicle. And uh, one of the stops on Cummins Repower Cruise, we stopped at Overland Cruisers in Bozeman, Montana, and two more of these things showed up. <laughs> and we're like, "Well, wait a minute! Like, what? What the hell's happening here?" And there were other owners coming out to see this guy's installation and talk to like the premier Vixen restoration guy who builds all these upgrades, like big brake kits and all this stuff for these Vixens. Um, and you know, he's, he loves the R28. He says it fits in there perfectly. It was like the engine that was made for this thing and watching Dwayne, the owner of the one on comes through fire cruise, go through all the turns and twists and everything he did with us. I kind of want one. Like, can you find them? You can find them. We looked on comes through fire cruise. Every time we stopped and had a beer, someone would look for a fixed RV (laughs) and we were finding them ranging from like seven, to like twenty four thousand dollars. That's quite so, the spread. Yeah, there. I think there are about five hundred of them here in the U.S. And what's the interior look like on these things? They're pretty modern looking. Uh, Is it? Yeah. You you step down into it like you step down into a trough through the whole middle. Wait, what? And the top. Yeah, it's super crazy. The top uh, one side of it rolls up, 
like uh, it flips up. It's um, some you know air powered jack. So this and is because it doesn't have any sliders, right? Like in like doesn't a modern, have any sliders. Okay. Nope, it's all in line. You sleep in the back above the engine, and you can stand up. Um, you know, I'm six foot tall. I could stand up comfortably uh, once the top is up down in that trough and look straight out the windows that unfold when the top is up. It's it was crazy. I mean, it was uh, uh, if I had that and I had a DeLorean. I think my obscure '80s collection. Would be <laughs> you know what? Oh, I got it, oh, Radwood. Yes, Radwood. Radwood. Oh, dude, could you we're, imagine? We're Paul, Steve, you missed it. We were just pointing oh. at each other, yelling "Radwood." It was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so if we, we, that, at the exact same time that occurred in both of our minds. If, if you don't, are, are, Steve, are you familiar with Radwood? I am not. I okay, am so not. it's you know the Goodwood Festival that happens in the UK. Yes. Okay, oh, so yeah. somebody over here started Radwood, which is all '80s, and you dress up. As you know, eighties with your Oakley blades, um, maybe your mo- your your or neon Mossimo shorts, or, right? Yeah. And town then, and country T-shirt, yeah, exa- or whatever, whether Jan it's surfer- shorts, or yeah, uh, J- or Jimmy's, right? Jimmy, yeah. And uh, and then you drive your eighties car, whether you've got a Scirocco or whatever it is, you know. It's a it's a celebration of the eighties. Yes. When is this? They hop around. I think it's in different places, isn't it? Yes, it is. And so, um, if you can find that motorhome. That might give oh, us all an excuse to roll in. <gasps> San Diego. It's in San Diego. He will, Dwayne would drive that up there in a minute. Oh, we might have some uh, planning to do. Would Let's you, make this happen. You need to come out and join us in Dwayne's freaking Vixen motorhome <laughs> with the R2.8, and we will own Radwood. Did I mention it's a manual? Oh! <laughs> no, dude, you're blowing my mind! Oh, yeah. It's everything that's right with the world. <laughs> Mixing with everything that's wrong. It's a manual. <laughs> what? A manual pusher. Cummins Turbo oh, Diesel. How is that even possible? Let's end the show now. <laughs> what kind of linkage? Can't get any better. What kind of linkage is that? That's a- uh, he said it's improved over stock. Is all <laughs> it's basically a spoon in a jar and marbles. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. He yells dude. at his wife in the back. He's like, shift. You uh, will make our... Our year, if you can oh. meet us at Rad, what's the date of the Rad- I don't, I Radwood? We'll have to look. look, look we had really talked about here. it and uh, Radwood celebration of '80s and '90s automotive uh, lifestyle. Ooh, it's at the Peterson, December second. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, it's so close. What oh, if? But, don't count me out. Okay. Oh, uh, really? Hold on. <laughs> I hold on. World tour. Yes. It's in Austin in February. Okay. Sonoma, California okay. in March. Okay. I'm uh, better. Japan in April. No. San Francisco in June. Mm-mm. Seattle, Washington, July. Not for does us. Go to Mer- UK. Does he go to Morocco at all? Touche. <laughs> oh, you're so jealous. You're so jealous. Oh, I, am. Uh, I am. UK in August. Oh, Detroit in September. Detroit could be a good one, Ooh, but I think we have Detroit. to do an LA in next December. So here, how about we do this? Maybe we can figure out a way to make this year happen and then pick one from next year and try and actually organize something awesome. We've got to figure out how to get the Vicks into one of these things. Seriously, we would be. We I think. Would own I it. think if we if we do it beyond uh, this December, which is in like a couple weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I think we'll be able to get multiple Vixen with Cummins to descend on it. Like, oh. a, apparently, this is the golden ticket for those guys. Then we have Josh Daly over at Daily Visual. Yeah, make us some sort of window wrap that says the Truck Show Podcast, yes. and we roll in. Truck show podcast out yes. of Yeah. <laughs> oh. This is why Steve needs to be involved. Yes. This is why Steve does marketing because he gets this He's sort good. of thing. He's good. He's hey, good. Hey, okay, right. so so real quick, the R2.8 MSRP, although 
the street price is a little bit less. It's $89.99. And for all of our listeners, here's what you get. The kit includes the diesel engine assembly, the complete front-end accessory drive, so that's alternator, power steering pump, fan uh, serpentine belt, or fan hub, rather, cam-driven vacuum pump, so that you can make sure that any vacuum needs in your vehicle are handled, remote fuel filter and water separator, remote oil filter, mass airflow sensor and housing, engine wiring harness and engine control module, starter, flywheel, universal vehicle wiring harness, throttle pedal, a J1939 can dash display, owner's manual, installation guide, Cummins quick serve online access, and emissions testing information, all for less than nine grand. Oh my lord! I mean, complete. And some cool badges. You get like cab emblems and everything. Like that's the pretty whole rad. Deal. And one of the perks is like the crate itself. I don't know if you've seen it online or in people's like Instagrams. The crate is uh, really neat. Like it unclips, and you can without nails and without having to mess with all that. Like you all of a sudden have really cool wall art for your garage, your basement bar, or whatever you And have. it'll literally um, run in the crate. I believe the guys over at yep. Peterson's 4 and Off-Road on their Facebook page <laughs> have a video of them the for the Derange Rover, right? And I believe they're running yep. it. Um, Where the, how do you? Where's the fuel coming from? Well, they just well, put a little can drop, of fuel. drop oh, okay. a fuel line yep. in a, a can and uh, 12 volts to the starter and a 12 volt to the key switch signal. And you have a running, revving engine. In a crate. And, in know, a crate. I said that in passing to uh, Vern, and it was like a very casual thing. Challenge accepted. Know, yeah, he's like shooting me a text. Hey, we're getting ready to fire this thing on Facebook Live in the crate. Anything I need to know. It's like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> like don't, don't light the wooden crate on fire. Other than that, go for it. <laughs> so last time uh, you were on, we were talking about what's next for the repower program. Have you guys picked mm-hmm. engine number two yet? Oh, we're flirting with it uh, very heavily, but we've not made any announcements. Um, Will you announce did. it tonight on the Truck Show Podcast? Do it. Do it. Oh, I dare you. I I, uh, Can you hint? I, Does it have six cylinders or eight? Fired. Um, let's just say we're Closer to making news about uh, less than eight cylinders. Okay. How about All that? All right. Okay. How about that? I think that make, uh, that'll make people happy. That's something. Okay. That is something. Uh, as long as we're on the uh, vein of things you cannot talk about and that are less than eight <laughs> cylinders, Here what can you tell us about the uh, 2020 Ram that will be debuting at the Detroit Auto Show in January? Oh, just come to Detroit and I'll tell you all sorts of things <laughs> That January. doesn't work. Well, everyone I will know will at that you, point. So I will tell you all the things. <laughs> this is I'll one of the most... i one-on-ones with lead engineers. This is one of the It'll most anticipated awesome. <laughs> truck launches in recent memory. Yeah. you got to give us something, <laughs> Steve. Let's just say that um, it's we've, we've done a ton of work, uh, both our friends at Ram and us, uh, to make sure that the next generation of our partnership doesn't disappoint um, our diehard fans and those who love us for He's six right on the line. He <laughs> is tiptoeing. He wants to <laughs> give us If the something. wind blows, uh, he falls over the line. <laughs> yeah. He's close. It's It's good. All I can say is it's good, and you're welcome to come to Columbus and watch a bunch of camouflage trucks drive around pulling <laughs> lots of weight. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, we've seen some of those. Can we come to Columbus to the engine factory? Of course you can. You probably just need to turn your cell phones over before it's you fine. Uh, Put them in a brown paper the bag. Hey, this is an audio yeah. program, so uh, we can uh, just describe what we see. <laughs> describe. It's big. <laughs> see? It's, it's metal. It's big, everybody. Um, I wish I... you could see this. <laughs> Hey, what you say about the Cummins, eh? That's a quite seven going here? back to the 1930s. Look at the size yeah. of those <laughs> Well, you know, Cummins is an old-timey company. Yes. And the factory. You know, 
We'll be a hundred at the Detroit Auto Show this year. I believe that there is a birthday. Isn't there a portion of? Is it the Columbus factory, the six seven factory, where a portion of the building is something like ninety years old or something? A portion of the factory and like new factory has been tacked on. It's our our V eight plant. So yeah, one is what we call it, where the the two H created. Uh, It started as a house that Clessy had um, as a little office and workshop. Clessy Cummins, our founder. And it grew to a garage across the street that grew to a more official manufacturing facility, so on and so on and so on. So they were closing streets, and now it's over a million and a half square foot under roof uh, where we manufacture the V8. And we do all the heavy-duty block and head machining for like the 15-liter, which is the number one Class 8 uh, semi-truck engine out there right now. No, but for reals, though, can we visit? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Anytime you guys want to come, uh, Sean can attest, we will do everything we can to uh, show you a good time here in That's true. little town in Columbus. That's true. I will take you on a ghost tour. Wait, wait, what? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. What do you mean a ghost tour? <laughs> wait, explain. We, we walked into a haunted uh, pigeon cupola once. A pigeon yes. cupola? I don't know how else to describe yes. it. What does that even no, mean? What are you saying to me right now? I think that is dead accurate. Is it? Is that accurate? Yeah, I believe so, if my memory serves me Well, correct. first off, what is a pigeon cupola, and why was it haunted? It just is. You have to <laughs> no, no, Columbus. what is a, a pigeon cupola? It's a bird tower at an old rich guy's estate <laughs> from yes. the turn of the century. That's about the best way I could describe yeah, it. Yeah, and it, what was haunted about it, Holman? Creepy as hell. Did you yeah. see or hear something that we, weirded you out? We walked through, like, crumbling walls and walked through to the space and then I'm pretty sure there was a like a selfie with us smoking cigars and there was a sprite yes. in the background or something not the drink yeah. but like some sort of weird like light anomaly I'm like that's creepy so we we actually got to see we went in this dungeon that night in this ghost <laughs> what yes this dungeon uh, was a old turn of the century like pump room for these massive gardens at this private estate um, from the original bankroll um, uh, of Cummins so it's this massive pit under one of the big fountains, and it was, that was probably the spookiest part of it. said ghost tour led and by you said ni- no. 19-year-old groundskeeper. Yeah, by the way, the 19-year-old groundskeeper like, hey, you guys want to see some scary stuff? Okay. <laughs> and yep. so wait a minute, why'd you call it a dungeon? Because uh, underground? The door was a big uh, metal like- door that had rivets holding the metal pieces together. To me, that says dungeon. Yeah, and we didn't we didn't know what was on the other side. And it was we dark, damp, and cold. Floor, and for I'm all we so know, there were bodies <laughs> at the bottom of that pit. Oh, yeah, I something's creepy. buried down there. You don't have a room like that that you don't hide crap in. <laughs> you just that doesn't no. exist. Exactly. Is this still <laughs> the, the truck show podcast? What, <laughs> what happened here? We're way off base. No more trucks. Hey, hey. <laughs> at least it's not supercars. <laughs> it's true. Uh, yes. Oh, so back how, to the how dare you, Steve? So no backsplashes. Come on now. His wife has good taste. Last time you were on the show, we talked. We talked Except about husbands. Something that was important to us, which was, and we had a conversation about diesel. What do you call it? Inappro- diesel inappropriateness? Inappropriateness yes. or, or inappropriation? Yes. Why are you changing my own is thing it, that I gave up? It's diesel inappropriateness. Okay, all right. Yes. <laughs> and and so it seems as time goes on, we're seeing the big manufacturers address this, and we're seeing kind of a shift in you know American truck buyers. They're uh, they're not trying to treat giant one ton trucks as Corvettes. Do you see the industry going to a place where there's a a mid-tuned type engine 
with less output to match maybe in the three quarter ten market or something you like know, that? You it, know, it's funny you say that um, because you still see the big three, the 2,500 and 3,500 torque wars going on. And that doesn't seem to have an end in sight. But in the same breath, you know, they have 1,500. Did so you hear much more. Yeah. I just heard him say 1,000 pound feet of torque for <laughs> yeah. the next. Uh, That's what he said. <laughs> I heard it. seem to be going away. <laughs> Uh, but you see their 1500s where, uh, the bow tie has a four cylinder, um, you know, turbocharged gasoline engine in there and there, it's not a bad, it's not a bad truck, right? It's a whole different approach. People said 10 years ago, like that the EcoBoost wouldn't work and that'll never work. It's not a V8, no. but what I think that has proven is that there's a seat of your pants, uh, feel that as long as you get that a lot of these truck buyers that aren't really using their trucks as trucks, you know, they're not necessarily towing all the time or whatever. They're fine with whatever's under the hood, as long as the seat of your pants feel is okay. And, uh, you know, my former boss, Jeff Caldwell, I know Sean heard him say this a few times, um, the, the pickup truck buyer is the most sophisticated automobile buyer that there is. They're the most educated when they walk into a dealer showroom, you know, they know about ring and pinions. They know about, towing packages uh, they know about payload and they're asking all these questions but i feel like now that pickups are getting so nice that there's this new realm of pickup buyers and owners coming in that aren't those people they yeah. just want a truck yeah they're the first time truck buyer and it might be the only truck they ever own in their life but they are buying it and they don't care if it's a v8 as long as it feels good when they drive it they're not going to tow with it and air hauler you know you you brought up the point of do you think you'll see a, um, you know, a 2,500 that has less power? And I feel like you've already seen it uh, with the five liter uh, in the Nissan Titan XD. And it's interesting to see the reactions of that. Um, you know, that five liter was launched uh, with the XD with essentially the same rating as the high output um, in the Ram back in what? Oh, four, five, oh, four. Yeah. Oh, five ish. Yeah. And, people buying these 900 plus foot pounds of torque, they're not, the majority of them aren't actually using it. So they don't know the difference between a five liter or a six, seven when it's under the hood. I, I feel like the pickup market is just growing so much that there are multiple segments, sub segments that didn't exist 10 years ago in that market. And there's, there's almost something for everybody right now, which is the proliferation I, I, out there. I would scary. agree with that because there's, there's small displacement gas, there's small displacement diesel, there's big displacement gas, big displacement dirt. Yeah. Uh, there's supercharged, there's turbocharged. I there's... guess what I was asking, though, is the guys that are buying the the 6.7s, right, and they're hot-riding them around like a Corvette, do you think that that mindset will change? Or is a guy who wants – he doesn't need a truck that big. He should be buying a yeah. sports car, right? Or he should right. be buying a 1500 series truck that's quicker, right? I'm, I'm wondering if we're going to see – kind of a re-education of the consumer. Nope. I think, yeah. I no, I, I, maybe, maybe that's the answer. Maybe it's no. No, I think I think if you're a hot rodder, you're a hot rodder. And I think that for truck guys, they want the biggest, baddest truck, the biggest engine it offers. And they're going to make, you know, there may be something more efficient. There may be something that has a better power band. There may be something that's a little calmer in daily driving, uh, more refined. But that but, ain't what they're that's buying. Not, that's not what they're buying. Yeah. Okay. No, and I, Fine. I feel like I feel like what we're seeing now with regard to late model modifications, whether they're legal or not, are not around making more uh, torque or power as much as they are about eliminating what they perceive as the weak point of 
of the truck. So if they think they've heard, you know, all these horror stories about EGR or whatever, well, I got to get rid of that. Or if they want to get that five, nine, you know, that 24, 25 mile per gallon mark that, you know, they've read about on the internet or that they may have had in their old truck, what can I do to mod it to get back to that? But we're not seeing with the exception of KJ's audience, who just does crazy, crazy stuff. Diesel power magazine, Crazy numbers. They will literally push an engine or a truck to its limits just to see what those limits are. Um, It's not for, I want to make the, I want to make it, you know, just quicker for daily driving. It's, I want to see how far this thing can go before I blow it up and then I'll rebuild it and I'll find that weak point and I'll build it stronger. Uh, And we see that all the time. Like you brought up uh, the question of, you know, these crazy conversations that some of the Cummins fanboys have with us in person. And the craziest thing that we get on a fairly regular basis is when you have some kid come up to you and he's like, I've got a, you know, Oh four and I've got X, Y, Z mods. And I want to see how far I can push it on the bottom end. I'm at a thousand horsepower right now and I'll push it until it blows up. And you're like, how can you afford that? Like, why, yeah, right? why That's do you want to yeah. blow this thing up? Like what, what do you do for a living? <laughs> and, and we just look so, you know, we're all you know, these corporate types that, you know, we protect our, our <laughs> Cummins engines and all this stuff. And, uh, you know, I'm changing my oil and I'm taking good care of mine. And he's like, yeah, I just want to see how far I can push it before I blow it up. I've been driving <laughs> around like, on no! four cylinders for the past yeah. two years. <laughs> all right. One, one last question for you, Steve. And, and you brought up the Nissan Titan XD and the five liter. And, mm-hmm. you know, we know lots of people who have that truck, absolutely love that truck. And, yes, Nissan's yep. a presenting sponsor. This isn't a, a shilling for uh, for Nissan. But I'm kind of <laughs> curious. All right, it is. Sure, no. But I, I'm kind of curious from the ma- engine manufacturer standpoint, what has your response been from owners of that truck from the manufacturing side? Uh, from the ma- manufacturing side, what do you mean? Yeah, from, from the Cummins side of things. With okay. the feedback you've gotten from the customers, like, are you guys – has it expanded your universe at all? Are customers incredibly happy with it? Are there things that people want? Just kind of curious what the what your take is after it being out on the, the road for the past, what, three years now? Yeah, really, we've had a solid response from the owners. You know, there are um, Nissan owners, as you guys know, are like typically diehard brand loyalists. Right. And, you know, for them to have their brand converge with another brand that is known for having brand loyalists, it's it's a big thing. And we did have a lot of crossover people that had 2,500 Rams that didn't use them and they knew they weren't, you know, they didn't really need that truck, but they didn't want a 1,500 either um, because they had four big trips a year with a camper. And they found a sweet spot with the Titan. And so we we've had a really good response to that. In terms of like the truck's comfort and uh, the interior and everything, it's really hard to beat if you've um, ever had seat time with one. And with any brand new kind of clean sheet design, obviously the first year can have some pain points. But I think Nissan and I've got to say Cummins did a great job of helping customers get through that. It really is a great truck. So having seen the birth of that truck and, and been a part of that, it's really cool now to see what owners are doing a couple of years out with these things and, and how they're using them and the modifications they're doing uh, to the styling or, you know, even the performance for some of those. Uh, it, it's cool. Like I, I really hope to see more of that for years to come. Um, for me, you know, with my hands uh, all over the crate engine business, the, that truck's performance has just, brought about this onslaught of when's the v8 crate coming when's the v8 uh-huh. crate coming? Uh, over and over again 
When's the V8 um, crate so coming? It, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, you'll be you'll be uh, time ahead if you buy a Titan and pull the engine out. But it's, <laughs> oh, really, really? it's that, that far. Fair enough. That. Fair enough. You know, it's it's uh, that engine fools people. Like the five liter displacement, people think you know Chevy five point three liter small block size. And no, it's no a, comparison. It's a big, big, big engine. So, you know, it's 800 pounds. It's a 90-degree V with dual red cams. So it's a big engine. It's it's not um, it's not small. It's not, not a small block Ford. How big could it be bored out to? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying in case somebody wanted to. <laughs> Come to the plant and bring your micrometer, and I'll, uh, I'll let you do the math on that one. I'll get you a bare block. You can look at the water jacket. And, yeah. All right. Fair enough, my friend. Fair enough. All right. Well, <laughs> thanks for uh, making the time for us. Say uh, hi to my nephews. I miss them. <laughs> yes, I will. Uh, say I, hi well, to your I wife. I don't think you've met the third one yet. Have I you? haven't. No, just the boys. Oh, dude. You're the worst uncle ever. <laughs> I know. I, I got. I got to get out to see my uh, my Cummins family more often. So, well, I promise. I promise in the new year I'll make well, it out there. Well, no, we may see him before that at uh, Redwood. Oh, we yes, got. We got to talk about this. That would be a miracle. Yeah, we got to make something happen there. If not this one, the, the next, next one, one for and sure. we do or it right. Austin. Right. Yeah. Austin's Ooh, got good music and barbecue. Ooh, I'm, I'm feeling uh-huh. it. I'm yeah. feeling uh-huh. it. All right. All right. We'll talk off the air because this conversation is not done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Steve. Gentlemen, thank you. Always You're the a best. Pleasure. All right, brother. Talk to you soon. All right, bye. See you. Bye. Man, I love Steve Sanders. What are you doing? You're eat- still eating the cookies? Can no, you just- I'm done. They're so uh, delicious. Okay, good. All right, so here's the deal. This segment is called Lightning Sells the Truck. <laughs> do you even feel guilty about that? I do feel guilty about it. We, You know I feel guilty because we talked about it on the phone when I was I'm on the way guilty. over here. I feel really guilty, but I'm going to do this anyway. I have to. I got to. Listen, right. it's time for the you know, dually, the I got rock it. crusher, to find a new home. You know what this is? What? This is like Dr. Phil. When mm-hmm. he has his wife on to sell her beauty creams. And he's like, this is my show, yeah. so I'll do whatever I want. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like that. <laughs> but I think that... Hey, damn it, if we're going to have a show, we're going to sell some trucks. Yeah, I guess we are. I mean, here's the thing. You guys know I'm ready for a new vehicle. Well, I can't have two lifted trucks. Not on your uh, not income. In, not on my <laughs> income. You know, I worked for a radio station for many years, and now I do a freaking podcast. Yeah. Okay, so here's the deal. Um, the Rock Crusher was originally built to pull... Well, it was it started off as a truck to pull a boat. And then within two weeks of having the truck, I said, oh, I need to bring this to SEMA. And then it became a show truck. And, and does it, it even pull, pull a boat anymore? It, it hasn't pulled a boat since like <laughs> week three. No. And Here um, I am laughing, and my F-100 hasn't run in three years. So. <laughs> I, know. I know. It's sitting at banks up on stilts, right? Uh, uh, yeah. Can you get that thing up done? Up on the lift. It's, it's little by little. All right. Bob Rowe was out in the back working on it. All right. I got to go next week and And I'm not selling that one, so we got to focus on your selling exhaust. your truck. Have you seen the exhaust? It is uh, bad. I saw it mocked up a little Dude, bit. Dude, Mario kicked ass. All right. Because I've yeah. got all the rear suspension pieces now, so we mm-hmm. can get the rear uh, suspension done. Yeah. And I know you guys were... Trying to mock up the exhaust room where, where the rear uh, suspension was going, so we can get all that done, and then right. the back. Sixty-seven of the truck is done. Ford uh, F one hundred speed bump, as we call with it, with a uh, three point five liter uh, EcoBoost and Raptor turbos. Yes, so that'll be cool. All right, back to your truck. So here's the deal. Um, I went to our program director a couple years ago when I was at K Rock, the radio station in L A, and I said, "Hey, we drive around these Chevy vans." 
uh, they're wrapped, and every radio station around the country has a van that they show up at the local, you know, Carl's Jr., whatever the opening is, right? And they set up their Easy Up tent, and there's a van there, and they put speakers up, and they do their thing. And I said, hey, listen, everyone does this. What if you had kind of a cool show vehicle? I said, I want to build this monster truck. And he says, what's it going to cost? I said, nothing. I'm going to get it sponsored. We're going to create partnerships with all these uh, off-road companies, and we're going to build something cool that we take to all the concerts and off-road events. And he said, if it doesn't cost us anything, do it. So I built it. And for two years, it did that very thing. It went to all the four-wheel parts, grand reopenings. It went to concerts. It was concerts. everywhere. That it thing to, was, there were, there were like rock crusher sightings on Southern it's California It's been to Freeways. 70 shows, but that's the only thing it did for the last four years. It literally drove from either my house to an event five miles away, or that's really all it's done. So in the total time, home and check this out, that I've had this dually, I've put less than 10,000 miles on it. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. It's usually sitting outside of your one-car garage house underneath a car cover. Under a custom cover. Exactly. And so it's time to move it on. It's in absolutely perfect condition. So what we're talking about is 2007 and a half. So it's the newer, well, it's it's that was the body style change. So it's the LMM, 6.6 liter Duramax Are diesel. Are you trying to say it's a GMT 900? I am. All right. Except I forgot that it was a GMT 900. <laughs> I'm here yeah, to that, save you. That's you. Thank you. So it's banked to the, to the hilt. It's got everything banks made and some stuff that we actually never made. Um, prototype parts on it, and it hauls ass. 635 horsepower, 1,150 pound-feet of torque. Is that all? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, just around 77,000 miles on it. And um, and you turned the interior all black, which was never It offered. was all tan, and yeah. I went on a mission. I remember we were going to junkyards and dying pieces and... And it's black, and it, it is, is black. nicely done. Yep. So Alcantara, suede headliner, uh, catskin seats, piano black, and the whole thing, and it's gorgeous inside. It's unlike any other truck. Uh, there's a huge list. So again, if you go to our so if you go to our social media, you go to Facebook, Instagram, uh, you'll see a link. It'll take you to a web page on Banks Powers site, and it'll show you the truck. We've got pictures and a list of all the stuff. You'll see the custom fabrication that we did on the roof rack, and it has Holman. You know, say what you will about the truck. The like bumpers, the, truck. the bumpers, and the roof rack are something. The, the roof rack is one of my favorite. You're things. either going to absolutely love it, no, or it will be no. like, well, that is b- interesting. No, 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 no. no, they're a beautiful. They're they're beautiful. So Rick Wright of Wright Designs, he's over by Anaheim Stadium where the Angels play. He's got a facility, and he makes stainless steel staircases and hand railings for like the Getty Museum. LAX, Los yeah. Angeles International Airport. Yeah, his craftsmanship is bar none. It's the stuff where you see a handrail and it goes for, let's say, 300 yards down the airport terminal and there's no welds. And you're like, how was this put together? Yeah. He, that's this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he, for whatever, I've known him since high school and I said, I want to make this roof rack and it looks like it's boxed aluminum and it's totally fabbed out of sheet and... And he says, sure, sounds like fun. And we did it. And so there's a couple pictures in there of that fabrication. So I reached out to ICI. They're a really cool bumper company uh, in Arizona. They lent me their CAD file of their cool bumpers, and we made them out of stainless steel. So you can literally chop vegetables if you wanted on. If you remember the truck, it was fully wrapped before. It's been de-wrapped. So it's white and clean and ready for whatever you want to do to it. Yeah, it absolutely has. All right, so, so where where can people find out your pricing again? I don't want to announce the pricing here. I got here it. I got it. Because I feel like it might be, I just don't feel comfortable announcing yeah, the price. Totally, totally I think it. it's really reasonable. There's, I did a rough estimate, and I know this doesn't matter to anyone who buys it, yeah. but it only matters to me. 
It's about 130k into this. Okay, and it's not going to be going for anywhere close to that. Not even I've, I've close. Seen the Don't let that scare Here, you. Here's off. the deal: if you're interested in Lightning's truck, email us truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, and we will put you in touch with Lightning. It's pretty amazing, and I'm sad to see it go. My kids are sad to see it go, but it's you know I've I'm a truck guy. And I build another. To, one. I need to build something else, and this has been it's been an amazing ride, and um, and it's definitely unique. It's There's cool. Nothing else like no, it no, out no. there. It's, it's very cool. I think whoever uh, will get that truck will be super stoked on it. And uh, hey, you know what? It's just time to move on and start a new project. So um, I don't know if we need to start a whole uh, thing trending, uh, sell Lightning's truck or hashtag buy Lightning's <laughs> truck or or whatever. But but if you know someone who's in the mo- in the uh, you know in the market for whether it's a show truck or I mean hell you can get it and beat on it whatever or you whether you want a mall crawler or you want to use it. <gasps> Wait. Um. What? Can I just? Wink, wink, buy it, and then we can go thrash it off road. Like, oh, take it on the same trail we what, took the ZR2. What are you saying, wink, wink, buy it? Yeah, because I, I just want to road test it, but I want to road test it on the trail we took the ZR2. It's a Chevy; it'll take it, right? I'm, I mean, it's got a 12 inch lift. Yeah, I think I would like to sell it to someone. Oh, can you imagine those flawlessly. big, wide, dually hips just knocking Joshua trees <laughs> out of the way and us flying over whoops? How far do you think it would get? I think that we would be arrested. Nope. <laughs> no. 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 Why would we be arrested? We we're just because you're not getting, You just said knocking over Joshua trees. It's got white hips. <laughs> you can't help it. Okay. Uh, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, and we'll send you the link to check out All right. uh, the Rock Crusher. This is a lightning shameless plug for mm-hmm. selling his truck. So, again, if you're interested in a giant white crew cab dually monster awesome show truck, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com, and- uh, all right. I have an original owner, Survivor 2000 Cherokee XJ Sport 4-liter automatic that uh, that's in the family that I'm selling for the family friend. And uh, I will throw some pictures up just after Lightning throws up pictures of his truck. And uh, this thing probably retailed for around 15000 new. Okay. Uh, not going to be uh, that, that pricey anymore. Okay. So uh, it's... Uh, I'll throw some pictures up. And if does you're yours, interested... Does yours have 16-inch Willwood brakes on it? No, but it is... Uh, a California XJ, unmolested, yeah. no yeah. lift kit, totally stock. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. You can't find them like this anymore. Does yours have a Sennheiser microphone in the center of the grill? No, but you know what it does have? No. It smells like an old boat. <laughs> <laughs> you win. <laughs> my my daughter got in and she goes, Dad, what's that smell? I go, oh, that's old. Uh, that's an old car smell. She goes, I love it. And I'm like, oh, right on, kid. I've been raising you right. Uh, that's cool. All right. So if you're interested in, uh, in Lightning's... Uh, Big asshole Dooley or my uh, Survivor XJ Cherokee, uh, just hit up uh, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Check out at truckshowpodcast on our socials, and uh, and we'll put some information up. And uh, hopefully uh, they go to Truck Show Podcast listeners. That would be great. Uh, Holman, it's time to dial Matt Hankin of Rhino Rack. We are calling the future. We, because he's 16 hours ahead? I don't know. Or is it 17 or 18? Or, a lot. I never know. 19? They don't have 18? time change like we do either. Ugh, it's, uh, it's Australia. We're calling yeah. it Australia. Here Australia. We go. Do you even know how to dial? Well, that's not it. Your call cannot be completed as dialed. That's not going to work. Please check the number and dial again. Let's try it again. Let's, Let's try take it again. Whoa. Wait, let's see. Wait, wait. See how many languages. Message two. US 01 LV. Oh, it's a 011 and not 001. Okay, try that. We'll try that. We are deeply sorry. <laughs> okay. We don't know how to dial. That apparently that's an issue with us. Uh, we've got dialing issues. Mm. 
Matt Hankin, Lightning and Holman from the Truck Show Podcast. Have we reached you? Yes, you have. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Sounds like we might have surprised you. No, no. <laughs> Not at all. Okay, no, good. Can you call? Perfect. Well, before we speak to you, we have to play a quick intro, so hold on one moment. Welcome to the parts department. Screw. Nut. Filter. Oil. Grill. Tools. Wheels. Tires. Brakes. Lights. Ears. Belts. And your wife warns you not to. Don't you spend our money. And then you want to come back. So, Matt, you're in the parts department, and our wife is upset that we're spending so much money with you. That's the nature of the jingle, my friend. <laughs> I'm guessing wives in Australia are just like wives in America. Yes. It's so, exactly fine. Matt, you're at Rhino Rack and uh, Down Under, and we wanted to find out why your racks are so so much better than our racks. Well, I don't know if they're, they're better, but there are a few little things about our racks that make them uh, world-class, let's just say. And, and and the other point to make is that they, Americans are just loving our racks now. So um, a little bit of history, perhaps I could start with. By the way, that's what she said. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> About 27 years ago, the business started. And um, yeah, we have a, a very passionate owner who loved what we call the Outback. Uh, and, you know, I'm sure you've seen all the TV shows where we have these wild creatures in the Outback that we have to deal with every day of the week. But, um yeah, he just loves getting out there and he loves taking all of his gear with him. So he just, over time, developed all sorts of products that just help to get more and more gear out on more and more vehicles. And um, I think we've uh, we've hit a chord with the, with the U.S. market where you guys love the outdoors as much as we do. Uh, you have some sensational locations in the U.S. that you need to get to and have a look at and camp in and enjoy the outdoors. And um, we just make it easier for uh, for everyone to get their gear there. So were you the OG, like, as far as overlanding? Because you were doing it before it really caught on here. So I think the thing is that Australians had actual overlanding. Yeah. We had car camping. Yeah, we did. And then we bought all of Australia's cool crap and then called it overlanding. Overlanding. <laughs> so Because it didn't, yeah. over, no one called it overlanding a year ago. Well, yeah, or, or five years ago or when we were kids or whatever. It was just car camping. But it seems like all these, the Australians had all these really cool items that you didn't know you needed. And then they came over here and said... Hey, you should do overlanding, and now it's freaking everywhere. So, talk a little bit about overlanding in Australia versus overlanding in the U.S. There's probably one main difference from what I've seen in my experience um, in your beautiful country is uh, the road system over there and the track system is so big and sophisticated, and you can just about get anywhere in the U.S. Whereas here in Australia, the road system is not as good, so you're relying on really going off road. Um, we do have a very flat part of the country, which means when you do go off-road, it's generally on, on sand or firm dirt. So you were making your own tracks in, in a lot of cases. But um, overlanding here, um, we don't call it overlanding, it's, it's touring. Um, pretty much started through, through a need for people just to get to those locations that were unique or remote or special, um, untouched, all those sorts of things. Um, and, and that's what drove, I think, overlanding in, in this country. So uh, we're very much, our population is really coastal. And yeah, we have some amazing places to visit in the middle of Australia. Is overlanding or touring, as you call it, is that similar to the U.S. in the fact that the reason you want to get out there is for recreation? Is it people getting away from the cities and wanting to explore? Because I think in America, we have that uh, adventurous spirit that's sort of, uh, you know, ingrained in, in who we are as a culture where we want to get out of the cities and go to the, the road less traveled and see the stars at night and 
all the places that our country has to offer. Is that the same for Australians? Or we're just running from the police. Yeah, well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think both. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it's absolutely. But you know what? With our product, you can take all of your amazing toys with you. So that that adventure, that that uh, that trip, is is so much more enjoyable uh, when you get there. You've got you've got all the gear you need, so you can just enjoy it even more. Now, do you look at our overlanders, the people here doing it, and just look at us as wusses? I mean, because really, we're just a bunch of city folk with expensive toys. Well, some of us are. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call you wusses. However, the uh, the wildlife we have here is generally more aggressive and poisonous. Let's just say that. That is true. Well, by you, the way, you guys, you're, you're named Rhino Rack because you actually have rhinos there, correct? No, you don't have rhinos <laughs> don't there. They, they, they don't have rhinos. No, they have kangaroos that will <laughs> punch kangaroos. you in the face. They have kangaroos that'll punch you. They have dingoes yeah. that are super mean. They have bats. They have all, they have spiders. Who's got freaking Dude. rhinos then? Why is it? <laughs> well, why would you? Yeah, I guess that's a good question. So why is it Rhino Rack? Yeah, well, uh, probably uh, some of the animals we have here would sort out rhinos pretty quickly. I would but, agree. Um, the, the, the owner had um, uh, two options. He was going to go with buffalo bars or rhino racks. And um, obviously <laughs> the B and the B and the R and the R. And that's as simple as it gets. And uh, back in the old old days, we used to have a thing called a phone book. And um, rhino rack was going to sit right in front of the one and only roof rack brand in the country. Uh, so he positioned that with RR in roof rack section um, right in front of the major competitor, so it's really probably not a, a marketing genius. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's the breakout yeah, product exactly. there? What What was Matt? What was the the number one product that put you on the map? Oh, for sure, I, I have to say our Pioneer roof trays. Um, you know, we uh, there was a couple of other similar products around the world, not not necessarily here, but. Yeah, for sure, we, we created a category almost with that product. So our standard roof racks uh, comprise of uh, a fitting method to the roof legs and a bar or two bars, obviously, when you have a two-rack system. But this this uh, tray system, this Pioneer tray system, is something that allows you to take a whole lot more gear. It gives you more space on the roof. It gives you the ability to carry a heavier weight because the load's distributed over a larger area. So... You know, we, we feel quite proud that we've created a whole category of, of products for the roof of vehicles. And now when you, with you guys in the States, with the four-wheel drives, the SUVs, the pickup trucks, um, we, we've got solutions for, for all those vehicles. And um, it just allows you to get more, just more and more gear. How many of these racks are bolt-in versus just go in the channel? Are you talking about a gutter? Or yeah, a the, yeah, the gutter, correct. Yeah, the, gut, the gutters now seem to be disappearing off vehicles all over the world, so there's not much of that left. We do have solutions. There's still some vans around and some, some occasionally there's vehicles that, that appear with, with gutters, but pretty much that, that's disappearing. So factory-fitted mounts in the roof where there's already a, a, a screw hole in the roof that you d- directly put your leg into, that's very common now. And, and the rails on the roof that are covered by the little rubber strips, they peel back and you can... You can attach legs or, or Toyotas have that, like a Toyota Tacoma, which which uh, you yeah. can get a factory rack from. You can peel back, and there's a mounting point. So certain vehicles have them hidden in those channels. The ones that you know are left, and Matt's right. The way roof design and the uh, the way the doors are these days are taking away that option. So Matt, when when the owner is launching a company like this, and he's looking at the mammoth companies like Thule, right? How do you approach that? Like, how do you differentiate yourself? Um, so the key thing that's different between us and, and that big competitor of ours, Tooley, is probably our speed to market and, and fitting vehicles, new vehicles on the market as quickly as possible and getting those fits in the hands of the people who've got those new vehicles has been our strength in, in a historical sense. 
um, and having fits that um, and having more than one fit for a vehicle is a, is another thing. But I, I'd have to say again in the US that the the Pioneer system has um, really been the one thing that's really helped us lift. But I think the key product that when we entered the US market was we had a solution for Jeeps. Um, you know, Jeeps were um, uh, when we launched in the market there, we had to create an internal structure so that you could actually have a distribution of weight across the whole roof on the vehicle. And we created a, a, an internal backbone uh, that you would have possibly seen on a current JK Jeep. So from the inside, it's a structure that's assembled to support what's sitting on top of a fiberglass roof effectively. And uh, that gave us a really, really good step into that market because you look at the numbers, you guys sell more Jeeps than we sell total vehicles in this country. So there's <laughs> amazing huge market. Yeah, and we're only going to sell more now that we have the, uh, the, the JL and the JT coming out. So... And in looking yeah, at your website, absolutely. you guys you guys literally seem like you have a rack for everything. Um, your applications are vast. It's funny, too, because we don't realize sometimes the things that people carry on the roof until they send us weird photographs. So um, <laughs> social media is great for that sort of thing. What's the weirdest thing what? that you've seen in social media where somebody said, I put this on my roof? Uh, we've seen some really interesting statues of, of various historic people, animals, all sorts of things that are being transported, which always looks quite funny sitting on top of a rhino rack when you see a giraffe or something like that. But, Any um, rhinos on top yeah, of the rhino rack. Yeah. A bust of Napoleon, yeah, was, you know, something odd. Yeah. Yeah, we've not seen a rhino on a rhino rack at this, at this point. But, um, we probably don't want to see a real one, but a fake one's okay. So. Matt, what kind of strange laws do you have in Australia, like the maximum, because laws guys, that would be strange to us. Well, not laws, strange to I him. understand that laws would be strange. Oh, yeah. for, for example, guys, you know Aussies come over here all the time and um, and will marvel at our lifted trucks. I have a lifted dually, and like we could never have that at home. Yeah, like a twenty-inch lift with forty-four-inch tires. So, or something. what is the cutoff as far as the height restrictions, oh. things like that? Well, it's just about everything. Australians love to put limits on everything. Um, that's why Aussies come over there and they look at the gear that you guys drive around in and just their jaws drop because it's just amazing. Um, we're at SEMA and we just see all the stuff and, and the local guys are saying, yeah, yeah, that stuff drives around the roads. There's no way half of that stuff would be allowed to drive around the roads in Australia. So, and, and probably the other key thing for us is you guys have a lot less restrictions in terms of what you can hang out of your vehicle. So let's say in the, in the truck bed in a, on a pickup truck, if you've got a, I don't know, like a twenty-foot kite. You just drop the target and hang that, hang that baby out the back, and there's no issue. Where as long as you have right? a red flag hanging off the end, right? There really is a lot of restrictions on on what we have here, and even the, the way that you tie loads down, is, there's restrictions. So, um, yeah, over there, it's um, yeah, it's a whole different ball. Is game. that why you guys like coming here so much? Because I know a lot of Australians yeah. that come here to go racing or come to Moab for Easter Jeep, and it and it's almost like they're you know they're free escaping, <laughs> they're, right? Maybe, the man. Yeah. Well, I, I've heard that oh, there's yeah, uh, a the candy shop. I've heard that in Australia that when Australians and Americans get together, one group is loud and obnoxious, bred from criminals, and the other is Australians. <laughs> 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 and by the way, yeah, I, you guys have got you you guys have got cooler vehicles to be loud and obnoxious in, yeah. Yeah, yes, well, we do. Well, I don't know. You guys kept the uh, the rear wheel drive uh, sedans a lot longer than we did with the uh, the Holdens yeah. and the Falcons and some of the cool stuff and the Utes. You guys have Utes. We just have old ass El Camino. So uh, you guys have some yeah. stuff that we don't have. I'm kind of curious though. Um, I know some Australians. I have an unnatural uh, uh, fascination with Australians. I love your country. I've been there a few times. Um, I love drinking with Australians because they're if I could only pick one group to go drinking with, 
Australians for sure. They're the, they're the yeah. Best. You could find a four eight tall woman uh, Australian, and she'd drink she you would under the kick table. Kick your ass. Yeah, yeah, she would call you a <laughs> Sheila and headbutt you right in the nuts, like in a second. You would lose yeah, a bar yeah. fight. Absolutely. You guys are are, are tough down there. But I'm kind of curious, like what do what do Americans have wrong about Australians? Like I know Americans think you know Crocodile Dundee and Foster's beer, which by the way, you guys think Foster's beer is like you know uh, plague ridden creek water. And us over here yeah. in America are like, oh, Foster's, us Australian for beer. It's right? all no, marketing. It's all marketing. So what do we have wrong uh, here that you'd like to set the record straight and tell all Americans uh, that they're wrong? Well, I'd like to say probably kangaroos don't bounce down the main street of, of, uh, <laughs> of the city. But having said that, we've just moved, moved our facility to this brand new ginormous facility that we can support our customers all over the world through. And um, we are sort of on the outskirts of, of Sydney, and um, we have kangaroos jumping around here because <laughs> they just come into this area. So that sort of that sort of ruins my argument about kangaroos. But um, yeah, look, in terms of what's really different down here, um, we have everywhere you go, we have beautiful beaches. Um, you guys have got beautiful beaches, but in certain locations. So um, our coastline is just fantastic. So you can go anywhere in Australia and find a beautiful beach on the coast. Um, but but are the but are uh, the men are the men wearing banana hammocks? Because that's not cool. <laughs> nah, come on. I was about to say about the people. I think we share a lot in there's there's so much we share. Uh, uh, the love for partying, the love for, for alcohol, agree. which you just mentioned. I would agree. Um, and we we probably got sick of actually waiting for boats and things to turn up with alcohol from other parts of the world. So we start <laughs> to make our own, and then we send it. So. Um, one thing we really share, I think, is the size of our country. You know, people in Europe just don't get it that it takes five hours to fly from one side to the other. True. Um, and, yeah, when someone someone turns up and says, I'm going to drive from Sydney to Perth, and, and we look at them and shake our heads and think you're a lunatic. <laughs> um, you guys have the same. It's like that's a road trip and a half. Yeah. Um, you know, you've got, to, you've got to put some planning into that. So we do share that, I think, um, in terms of what, what we share. And, yeah, we, I think our, we get each other. Um, yeah, every time I've been to the States, um, the first thing that we put when we go and do a shoot, we did a shoot in the Colorado mountains um, when I was over there a month or so ago. And the first thing that went into the pickup was the cooler full of beers. So, you know, <laughs> yes. exactly what this is why Australians are my people. So, uh, so Matt, no, what's next for uh, Rhino Rack in the States? Uh, we're focusing on pickups now. We've got some really cool solutions for, for backbones and pioneer setups where we're just punching through um, ships for your top selling vehicles like your F truck. Just again, you sell millions of those things every year. Um, we've got a whole bunch of gear that's now centered around supplying or, or just probably um, giving Americans another option in terms of where they carry their, their cargo on those pickups, and that's on the roof. So, you know, you might show a, uh, a snowmobile or a couple of bikes in the back of your, of your truck bed, but, you know, you need to carry other gear with that, so use the roof. And that's, that's what our focus is, um, is for the next, um, you know, couple of years at least. On your website, You've got a picture of a uh, Ram Power Wagon uh, with a camper shell yep. on the back with your rack system. Looks like it's in Colorado or Moab, uh, just wheeling off-road with a ton of gear on top. It looks awesome. Yeah, yeah, that was up at Winter Park, actually, in Colorado. That okay. was just I was there for that shoot. Really, really awesome vehicles. And that's another thing I love about those pickups. I'm a big guy. I'm like six foot six tall. And I get into those pickups, and I've got so much room. It's like I can't touch the sides with my wingspan. And I can sit in the back and I don't have to fold my legs up. So, And then the power of those vehicles is just amazing. So getting all that gear on and being able to go to, to amazing places is just so easy in those vehicles. And, and it's just one thing that 
is different about Australia. We just don't have those big trucks. So. I have a question for you, Matt. What's it like dealing yeah. with America as far as trade goes and Trump? What does that business arrangement look like, and how how do you view us? Yeah, so we, we have a bit of mix. Um, the product we still make around about fifty percent of our wrap products are made from Australian aluminium with Australian um, plastic that we make locally here, and we, we assemble oh, cool. and send out. Oh, cool. And we, but we do, of course, we suffer for some products. We suffer with this um, global, let's call it, um, discussion that's going on at the moment with all sorts of taxes and tariffs. So we are at the mercy of, of what's going on there. But you know, we, we're very Australians are, are very aware of what's going on with Trump. But you know, politically, um, we have we're a bit of a world laughing stock with the way that we change the leader in our country every other day. Um, so <laughs> you know. The, the type of relationships, and you know, we're an island in the middle, somewhere else in the globe, and we have to have relationships with all sorts of countries around the world. So, you know, we know what's going on. We're actually looking at, you know, our plan for growth in the US it could quite possibly soon include making product in the US. Our facility there and our sales there are growing so much that it will make sense for us to actually start to ship products and then also ship tooling or or ship IP over there and get guys to to make things locally, parts locally or full products locally in the U.S. for our U.S. customers. And we're making products just for the U.S. market, so it makes sense for us to manufacture in the U.S. So, gotcha. so those sorts of things we're looking at. And, and it's a, quite a big possibility that's the type of thing that's going to start happening for us. See, Holman, you wouldn't have known that had I not asked that dumbass question. No, that's a, that's a great yeah. answer. And uh, obviously, <laughs> He just told us they may move here. That Well, yeah, I, I love Made in the USA. I love our Australian friends. And uh you know, we don't really get political on the uh, I, I wasn't podcast, asking but... him to talk about his views on our president. Just I want because yeah, people are you can't turn on like NPR, or any new like CNN or Fox without without hearing about the trade war and everything else. So I was curious how it affected him. I got that. It's kind of a benign question. It, it ended up okay. I was a little bit worried <laughs> it, where it, you it were going. Went, it could have went south. Sorry, Matt. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wait, hold on. We are deeply sorry. We're sorry. <laughs> We're sorry. We're sorry. All right, we apologize. I, I feel redeemed. <laughs> Whenever we do something that we, we know we're gonna uh, we're gonna hear the effects that we always have to play the I'm sorry uh, yeah. bit there. Yeah. All right. Yeah, well, no, Matt, Matt, where can people go online to check out all of the Rhino Rack solutions? RhinoRack.com is the place to go. Uh, everything you'll uh, you'll see there, and we have a great little tool there called Sit My Vehicle. So you jump on, put your vehicle specs in, it shows you every option you've got. But um, Look, follow us on Instagram and, and Facebook as well. We've got local uh, local social media over there that's got some really cool stuff that you'll see with lots of our users engaging in. So, yeah, get get into that. And uh, are you in the uh, the U.S. fairly regularly? Yes. Well, I was there in September. I was there also at SEMA um, only, only a few weeks ago, and uh, we're planning to get across in, in February again, uh, myself and a few other members from the senior team here, because... We love America and we love what the, our, our team is doing in Rhinorak in the U.S. And, and like I said, um, we're getting such good traction in the Overland community. We, we need to be there and we need to be talking to people and, and finding out what products they need. Next time you're in town, you should uh, come by uh, our main offices in El Segundo and come see the, the magazine guys, Four Wheeler and Peterson's Four Wheeler Off-Road and JP. And hopefully uh, we can all have a beer together because, as I said before— well, What do you say? Wait, not El Segundo. Lo- he needs to come here to Santa Ana to SA. And sit in our studio, on our casting couch, and be part of the podcast in studio. Matt, if you wanted to sit in our crappy little studio uh, and drink a beer with us, (laughs) the beer would be uh, on on me. 
fantastic. Right. I, might, I, I might even sneak a couple of local Australian beers in to share with you. Oh, we're in. Yeah, I, I want something other than Foster's, yeah. though. <laughs> well, I won't sneak that in because I don't make that crap here. <laughs> All right, well, bring bring us. I, I think what we need to do is our palate needs to be uh, introduced to a proper Australian beverage, and uh, and we will leave that on you to uh, to be the one to introduce us. Sure. Thanks for making the time all the way on the other side of the world, and uh, hopefully we'll uh, we'll chat with you soon. No problem. Thank you. All, all right. right. Talk Thanks, to you soon. Matt. See you guys. How about uh, how about inbox? Ooh, inbox. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. You email. Proofread. I email. Send it. We email. Click it. Everybody email. Okay. Well, you can't just. Start fishing for email now. You're supposed to have it prepared already. <laughs> Shut up, I'm dancing. Holman is dancing again. All right. Well, the music's running out. We have to start with an email. You got one? Oh, man. Yeah. Are you interested in uh, reading one? Yes, I would love to. I'm going to give you um, this one to read. Can you turn your phone off Instagram? Because it's auto it's auto-playing videos and it's distracting. <laughs> you know what's funny? Is this is not a joke. Lightning literally cannot multitask ever, and I'm, I'm open not even about kidding. It. I'm I'm open about it. No, you are. And I've told my wife, my children, everyone that I work with. I say that I have an ailment. Yeah, this is true. a real thing. No, you have a blind spot for multitasking. I you literally cannot do two things at once. In fact, you called me, asked me a question about the show. I gave you the answer, and you replied. Oh, I was doing something else. I have no idea what you just said. So here's But you thing. called me. This is uh, And it, this happens weekly. It does, and it sucks, and I apologize. Really? I do. I apologize. No, I know. I know you don't mean to. My wife is like, the hell is that all about? I'm like, lightning. She goes, oh, multitasking again? I'm like, no. <laughs> and then we just kind of laugh because <laughs> yeah. that's just, it's, no, seriously, that's so how it is. So it sucks. This is, this is me. If I'm reading an email and you say something to me, I have to choose do I want to know what I've just read, or do I want to listen to you? I cannot do both. No, I know. It sucks. You literally cannot do both. I'm the one that admitted to that before you found out. I said, I'm warning you, I can't multitask. And it's sometimes it's debilitating. It's fascinating. Now, I can talk and drive at the same time. I can do things like physically, but I can't have two conversations at once. And uh, How about we just have one conversation and you read that damn email I just gave you? Okay, this one is uh, called Educational Humor by Mark. Uh, hey, guys, I've not currently been able to listen to all of your podcasts yet, but I have been bouncing around listening at random and finally found the one with the mounter parameters. Oh, finally. What? Mounter, monitor, key, engine, parameters. Holy freaking cow. A co-worker turned me on to you guys a little while ago, and I've been hooked ever since. So thank you uh, to the co-worker. Uh, with working in a fab shop, one that used to fabricate Trailmaster lift kits back in the day, I'm not always able to listen, but rest assured, I will catch up. I'm sure Nissan would be happy to know that I've always been kind of a hardcore GM guy with one super duty in there that I loved, but was sadly totaled by someone on their cell phone. That sucks. After hearing all the hype you guys have created about the Nissan Titan XD, I'm now obsessed. And uh, once I buy a new pickup, they will definitely be the first thing I look at. Oh, super cool. Uh, keep up the great work, guys. Five stars! stars! Sweet. Uh, this is an exciting one for me. So uh, you may remember uh, a few episodes back, we received an uh, email from Lieutenant Steve Hux, uh, who was- Is he on the uh, submarine? The submarine. Nice. So he's a uh, boomer driver. Are we going to go there? Uh, Are we just yes. talking about no, no, going no, there no, and no, when we're we going to go? No, we're going to do it. Uh, let's figure out Wait, when after the first of the year- Did you just call me happen. boomer driver? 
he's a boomer driver. What does that even mean? A boomer. So they have fast attack submarines, okay. like Los Angeles class, mm-hmm. and they have the boomer submarines, which are the um, ballistic missile subs. Because they go boom? I would guess so. They <laughs> okay. have a bunch of nukes that fly out of the water and end the planet. Got it. Uh, so the nickname for an Ohio class uh, missile sub is a boomer. Got it. So he's a boomer driver. Boomer pilot? Something like that. Okay. So he wrote back. So obviously had a great email, talked a little bit about uh, what he does and all that. I sent them a care package full of magazines and T-shirts and Truck Show podcast stickers and all sorts of stuff, even some Truck Show podcast T-shirts. And he says, Holman, I received the care packages and delivered them to the boat yesterday. Everything went down to the USS Maryland, which... Sorry, I hit the microphone. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Keep going. Everything went down to the USS Maryland. Uh, That's a SSBN 738. They actually got underway today, so it was a great last-minute surprise for the crew. They were extremely excited. I attached a teaser photo from the delivery. I'm mailing a disc to you at the address in your signature line with all the high-resolution delivery photos on it as well as photos from them getting underway. They are all releasable, so feel free to distribute as you like. We will put those on our social for sure uh, at Truck Show Podcast. He says, so for background, all the sailors you see in the photos were part of the on-duty watch section. They had already said their goodbyes to the family and stood watching the boat all night prior to getting underway. This is one of the worst duty days since you lose the whole last day with your family and have to watch the other two-thirds of the crew go home. Your packages were a great morale boost for them. They wanted me to thank you for everything and tell you it meant a great deal to them. The cruise lounge now has an entire section dedicated to the stuff you sent. And then he says, off the record, dot, 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 some things we can't talk about on the air, which are, I promise you, freaking awesome and uh, very funny. And he says he's loving the content from SEMA, looking forward to getting you down on 560 feet of American undersea dominance. Um, yeah, that's almost, uh, what, two football fields right yeah. there. Uh, amazing. So um, that's from Lieutenant Steve Hux, and uh, we absolutely are going to figure out how to get down there. Lieutenant Hux promised us uh, he would clear us, get us through the uh, top secret clearance that's required for the boat, mm-hmm. and uh, and give us a personal tour. So I really appreciate that. I re- appreciate all of our uh, men and women in uniform uh, and everybody keeping our, uh, our, our country safe. So uh, happy to give those to you, and I hope you put those stickers in all sorts of places. Is this them? Uh, that is a picture of them uh, receiving our goodie bags with wow. the Truck Show podcast stickers. This is in the sub. In the sub. How cool is that? Dude, so uh, five, are they, they're not officers. What would I call them? Uh, seamen. Seamen, sure. Okay. Five seamen. Submariners. Standards. Submariners, yes. Boomers. Are they, you wouldn't call them a boomer. Would that be an insult? I don't think so, but I don't think, I don't think it's proper. I think the boat is a boomer. Okay. Uh, and they are submari- submariners. 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 Okay. All right. I want to pay them the right to respect. You know uh, what I'm saying? Like, because they could kick my ass. So, easy. Lieutenant Hux, uh, just write us back if we're completely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They got stickers. This is a very cool photo. Thank you uh, for sharing, guys. Really appreciate that. All right. This one starts off Jay. Well, what the? He's by my first name. Odd. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hey, buddy. Come out to Johnson Valley Thanksgiving weekend for some true oh. Amherst experiences. You see who that is? Nah, I do see who it is. Even if you can't, even if you can only come out for just a day, Saturday would be perfect. I know it's short notice, but we can show you a great time. We'll be arriving Friday and leaving Sunday. We camp and unfortunately don't have any fancy motorhomes, so spending the night is your call. For one day or a couple of days, either way, I'll guarantee fun or your money back because it's going to be free, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, Sean, obviously you're invited as well. Thank you. But we really just wanted to show Jay the Hammers. <laughs> <laughs> this one is from Clint. Now, Clint, we met at Off-Road Expo, correct? We did. And Clint is And he was uh, one of awesome. our first emailers as well. I think, hold on, it's this weekend? I can do it. Hmm. I think I can do it. All right. 
I think I'm going to do it. You you might want to. Can I have the recorder? Yes, you can. Okay, because uh, is it here with you? It is here with me because okay. I have to get it to you with all my Morocco stuff. Oh God, I was going to have to edit that this weekend, so I can't do both. You can't do both because <laughs> there's I a lot can't. of crap on there. Oh, this sucks. Well, Clint, we will figure out a time to go. Your Clint. phone number is on this. I'm going to reach out to you, and yeah. I would love to go. And that sounds like a really really good time. And can we wait on the Morocco content? We can't. No, oh. no, it's good stuff. Okay, you got an email. I'm, I'm depressed now. Okay, well this will uh, this will brighten your day. Okay. Uh, so Chris Whipple, if you remember, uh, he sent us an email that uh, his little guy was just born in, in the NICU. Oh yeah, he, and, he uh, shared a photo of his he uh, a photo. little boy. Yeah, he said he was our uh, newest podcast fan, and our podcast was helping them get through their little bit of a rough beginnings. So he sent a picture of him, uh, his three kids, including the new guy. Hey, Holman and Lightning, it was fun to hear you guys read my email about my new son. Just finished your off-roading adventure episode, which was really cool to hear about the graveyard, as I am a huge motocross enthusiast, as well as a truck guy growing up on dirt bikes. Here's that picture of my family as promised. Me, Chris, my wife, Caitlin, my oldest, Charlotte, at four years old, my second, uh, Elsie, at one, and now my third, Cooper. Nice. So Cooper's uh, Cooper's his little guy. Named after a tire company. That's cool. (laughs) Yeah, he is a true truck guy. Uh, He says, we spent 44 days at the NICU, and he would save our episodes to listen to with his boy. And uh, Chris, that's uh, that's super awesome. Thanks for following up. I know uh, we'd asked you to to let us know how the family was doing, and everybody looks uh, happy and healthy at home. And uh, here's a picture of Chris also flying through the air on a motorcycle. Hot damn. I would never do that. So much, Is uh, that like a knack-knack? What's he doing there? Man, much respect uh, for Chris. That's badass. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for sharing the picture of, uh, w- of Cooper with us. And uh, Cooper, we uh, look forward to having you for a listener for a long, long time to come. Yeah, what, at what point will he start listening? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe a- he's five. Episode 345? You know? Well, we're only at 42. We have a That's what I'm know. saying. Yeah, he's right. not, at what point will it compute that he's into trucks? I don't know. All right, subject line of this one is Kentucky. We actually do wear shoes. <laughs> All right, so hey, y'all. It's Noah in Owensboro, Kentucky, and I'm an HVAC technician. I love listening to the show while going between jobs, and I daily drive a 1995 F-350 7.3 crew cab dually, and I also have a 2001 F-250 7.3 Love the off-road podcast, and if you're ever near Kentucky, I'd love to take you out for a rock crawl in my go. 1990 Isuzu Trooper, yes. where I chopped the frame that to make it shorter, badass. and it's got 38-inch Super Swampers. Yes. What does it run on? Propane yeah, and does. propane accessories. <laughs> <laughs> propane oh, before, and propane yeah, accessories. Before I forget... Five stars! Hey, five stars! And he says, uh, keep up the good work, and also I'm a medium or large shirt. It'd be nice to get one. Uh, so I can, uh, and send me some stickers as well, so you can rock them on all the vehicles. It's uh, super cool. Look at this, Holman. That, that thing sucker. is badass. Oh, look at the propane Tonka tanks in the back. And, like uh, tribal flames down the sides, yellow. That is just, that is, that's got to be fun. Scary, no, but fun. No, what's awesome about that? Yeah. You don't care. You're just, no. you, you, you get a dent in it, just keep on oh, going. Oh, here's a picture of his dually. Oh, there yeah. you go. Yep. It's pretty nice. nice. Yeah. O- OBS Ford. Yep. All right, I got one here from Cole. He says, hey there, Holman and Lightning. I oh, love no, this. Oh, no, no, I no, no, this. no, 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 no. It's Lightning and Holman. I love this. So many of our listeners. The logo says the Truck Show Podcast with, with Holman Lightning. and Lightning. Lightning and Holman. Holman and Lightning. Phonetically. Holman and Lightning. I just found your podcast about two weeks ago, and I'm trying to get caught up. My favorite episodes so far are those with the Roadkill guys, Freiberger and Finnegan, and those with Gail Banks. I've learned a ton from your guests on the podcast, especially Gail, and I love the easygoing style of the podcast. I also really appreciate your perspective on the rolling coal problem. I drive a 99 Dodge 2500 with 5.9 Cummins. It has 316,000 miles on the clock. Wow. 
And my goal has always been to make more power but do it cleanly. I want to enjoy diesel trucks for many years to come, and we don't need all the bad PR of rolling coal. It was awesome to hear Gail speak on the subject as well. Keep up the great work. Five stars! Sweet. And uh, that's from Cole Pruitt from Baker City, Oregon, and uh, he says PSA, wear large. We're going to try and get some more out. We sent a bunch of shirts out uh, well, a about, bunch. about a did week ago. Did you see ago. our Instagram today? No, I did not. Oh, dude. We what did pe- I miss? People are sending pictures of them wearing the shirts. Oh, finally. Oh, yeah, we've uh, they, they've gotten, I think we're getting caught up now because people are starting to show up uh, with their shirts on and we really appreciate it. It's awesome to see. Yeah, that was a big postage bill. I'm not going to oh, lie. man. But it was worth it. Yeah. Now, did you send out the international orders? Uh, no, because you have to pack them and give them to me. <laughs> but I will. I will. As I totally forgot. Yeah. yeah. Just, oh, hand, man. just hand them over, and I will uh, take care of right, them. If you're, if you're from uh, out of the country, they haven't left our shop yet, so <laughs> they're they're coming to you. This one's called uh, Ranger versus Raptor. Hello from Canada again. Yeah. Hey guys, loving loving the podcast and really enjoying the intros. I'm catching up slowly but surely, and I'm on episode 14 now, dude. You got uh, you got a few, got to, a, a yeah. few to go. Um. I'm not really an off-road guy at all. I own a slightly lower 2004 Lightning and a stock 2010 F-150 FX4 for a DD. What's a DD? Daily driver. Oh, duh, daily driver. Um, My question is for Holman. Assuming your Raptor, if you still own it, is stock, would you use a Raptor like you used your Ranger from the Bill Stein episode, going over whoops and all this fun stuff like that? Um, I ask because I'm not sure where the Raptor would fall on the off-road scale, maybe, and because I don't understand off-road vehicles, like the difference between a pre-runner and a trophy truck, or anything that has to do with true off-roading. So he's looking for a good explanation. Okay. Keep up the great work, and this is from Ryan Matheson. If you're still doing the t-shirts, I wear a double X. So how would you, okay. for a guy in Canada, yeah. you know? No, uh, there's a lot to unpack there. All right, so uh, the hierarchy of off-road vehicles... Um, I guess he's trying to have us uh, define it's, the hierarchy. It's not it's not linear, right? It's not like this vehicle, then this vehicle. Not necessarily. Um, there's genres, right? So he's sort of talking about different things. There's niches and and different things that aren't necessarily in a linear hierarchical level. I think you made up a word right there. I may have. <laughs> um, so yes, uh, when I had the Raptor, uh, that was our four wheeler uh, 2017 four wheeler pickup truck of the year, a uh, long termer. Um, I used it exactly as I used my Ranger. It was my daily driver. I towed with it. I threw stuff in the bed, and we went out in the desert and hauled ass in it. And the nice thing about a Raptor is, yeah, it's made for going fast, but the reality is it has a rear locker. It has a torsen in the front, uh, which is a helical limited slip. It has uh, all uh, traction control and electronic nannies off button. It has a you know, uh, bigger tires and skate It's plate. as close to an off-road race truck as you're going to get. But it's also just a better truck. It's just a better truck. Unless you're towing big loads or have a lot of payload, it does everything else better. It better ride comfort, more wheel travel, faster in the desert, uh, better on the highway over potholes. Uh, the only place that it's deficient, if you will, compared to a typical truck in that class is I would rather tow a big load with a regular F-150 um, because the suspension is very soft on the Raptor to allow for those, you know, for that. Uh, and the payload's not as high and the tow rating's not as high. But I, yeah, I used it that way. Um, and honestly, my truck was back in a time where pre-runners were the norm. And any any truck that pre that races, essentially a pre-runner was a truck that would go down and pre-run the race. Then it became a chase truck where it was a, uh, a off-road truck with a you know license plate that would chase the race vehicle from pit to pit. Those were typically two-wheel drive. Um, they have, now, when you say pre-run, what you're talking about is you actually do the entire the course. course mm-hmm. 
at a at a at a slower, much slower speed, but still fast, and it's fast enough. Yeah. So you see, but the guys are actually writing down the marking, exactly. the markers where the dangers, where the double are. dangers, things okay. like that on right. the GPS. They're marking the course. You're making sure that the map you have is correct to what's actually out there, and that's where the term pre-running came from. Now. Those trucks sort of turned into the pre-running scene in the mid-90s here in Southern California, and it's sort of where they all came from, where it was like the white fender mafia we used to joke about. And the reason is your front wheels are kind of six inches out or yeah, whatever so they are. So three and a half to six inches wider per side uh, so that you get more track width, um, so that your rear wheels um, don't necessarily travel in the same track as your front wheels. But what that does on an independent front suspension vehicle by having a wider track is more wheel travel. And so having the uh, the end further from the pivot, you can take the same packaging, uh, same control arms, just lengthen them and you get more travel. So you put fiberglass fenders on to cover those. And a lot of kids couldn't afford to paint the fiberglass fenders, hence the white fender mafia. Uh, really professionally done pre-runners uh, could be four-wheel drive also, could be two-wheel drive, typically have a wider rear axle and b- rear body work as well. Um, but a pre-runner is just kind of a term that came out of the desert race community that ended up being sort of the guy who couldn't afford the four-wheel drive and wanted to go really fast in the desert. That was sort of a pre-runner truck. And usually it's higher in the front than it is in the back if yeah. it's if so, you're from Southern California. Yeah, so and you also that, have to wear a flat bill hat and black and socks. black socks pulled up to the <laughs> no, knees. No, that's not true. And dicky no, shorts. That, well, maybe that's true. Um, but the reality is, yeah, the front is usually higher because you want that bumper up high so it hits whoops and stuff. You're not tearing into the frame and because you're putting spare tires and weight in the back so that when you launch it or go over jumps, the nose is high and you usually have more travel in the front than you do in the rear um, on a on a two-wheel drive. Although my four-wheel drive Ranger, because of the four-wheel drive system, I actually had 14 inches of travel in the front and 17 in the rear. So I actually had less travel in the front. Typical pre-runners have a longer travel suspension in the front. Uh, the ones that are built from street trucks. Now, obviously... That's a super, super big generalization. Um, and, you know, those trucks can be built 100 different ways. And 20 people will email us and go, oh, it's not right. But just but it sounded like you didn't really understand the concept of pre-running because yeah. I think that's where it came from. So you had a truck that wasn't full full bore, right? It wasn't a $100,000 truck. It was a guy who wanted to go fast and it was or, an economical way of doing it. Or wanted to go chase his buddies in the desert who actually were out racing and stuff like that. So that's sort of where that was born from. So uh, pre-runner trucks are still very much alive, maybe not like they were in the early 2000s and mid-90s. So that's sort of how the pre-runner scene is. Um, and then there were a few like pre-runner trucks that came from the factory. Um, you could get a TRD uh I think they call it the TRD pre-runner, which was the four-wheel drive chassis on a Tacoma without the front running gear. So you basically had the more robust suspension and the 4x4 frame. Uh, Ford also did that with the Ranger Edge. Same concept where the Edge was the torsion bar, four-wheel drive frame with no front drivetrain, no transfer case, no axles, things like that. And then from from there, you know, basically all the trucks that play in that space now are any of the Toyota uh, TRD Pros. So you're looking at Forerunner, uh, you're looking at um, Tacoma, Tundra. You've got the Colorado ZR2. You've got the Ranger Raptor overseas, the Raptor, regular Raptor here. You've got the new AT4 and Trail Boss are, are sort of inching up there. Ram Rebel sort of in the I territory. I think we're confusing Ryan now. We might be. <laughs> Ryan, just keep listening to the Truck Show podcast and, uh, and you'll get it, buddy. <laughs> I so think I'm confusing you. Here's what I want to know. Okay. How did the, when the White Fender Mafia started? Yeah. And it was around the time uh, of the, well, I guess it was a late, Late 90s yeah. when um, Freestyle Motocross started? Probably. It was the same thing. It was the same guy. Yeah. It was the same dude. Yep. And how- A lot of times they had a pre-runner with a bike in the back. Metal Militia, yep. all that stuff. Yep. Right? Your Brian Deegans and whatnot. How, how did that fashion start? Like, 
truly the flat bill hat, the black t-shirt, the dicky shorts with the socks that go up, Vans tennis shoes. I'm still wearing my Vans. Got them on right now. But you're you don't look that part. I don't. Cause... There was when you guys went to San Bernardino, California. It was or just, El Cajon or El Cajon. It was just a sea of dudes yeah. that looked like they were just rubber stamped. So honestly, I think part of it was the free T-shirt or the T-shirt representing your brand, right? So there's where the T-shirt comes in. Uh, I don't really know where the flat bills came in, but I can tell you the Dicky shorts. I think were born out of shops. So these guys were fabricators or worked at a fab shop. Not even necessarily mo- you know automotive fab. They may be fabbing stuff for high end houses or staircases or just wrought work iron. Wear, right. workwear. Yeah, right. workwear. And so I think that you know guys that I knew who fabricated during the day for oil industry or the home building industry or whatever were working on fabbing their trucks at night, and they had their Dickies work clothes on. And I think, you know, black socks and dark, you know, Dickies shorts don't show the dirt of, of the day of work and fabrication. So. I think you're giving them too much credit. I think Maybe. there was a lot of uh, guys just trying to look the part. No, I think that came later. Oh. I think the original guys, it was born out of what they were doing during the day. And I think there's a lot of people trying to, ele- you know, emulate that coolness. And that's where, you know, people glommed on and turned it into a style. I think in the beginning it was pure function. So you're, it's like the sailors having tattoos and now everyone's sleeved. Yeah, right. Something okay. like that. Same thing. I've got one here from Sal Mancuso who says, oh, you're going to love this. Oh, no. Hello, Holman and Lightning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go ahead. Just finished binge listening to all of your episodes. Oh, wow. I started with the diesel... I started with the Diesel episode and the Gale episode episodes. Love them so much, I had to download and listen to all your episodes. And I did leave you a review on iTunes. Five, Five stars! stars! Sweet! And XL shirt, if you're still giving them out, still waiting for a half-ton towing episode. Half-ton and towing RVs have been a big concern for me. Living in Alberta, most of our camping is in the west in the mountains. Towing a big billboard is always a challenge, even on a good day with no wind. Currently towing with an F-150 and a Blue Ox Sway Pro, still not great. Short of buying a ProPride 3P or Hensley Arrow anti-sway control Wait, hitch. what does he say? These are towing um, uh I thought you were just making stuff. up words. Nope. Okay. He says, with a cost of around 4000 Canadian, is there anything that can be done to half-ton truck and not compromise the comfort? All right. We owe you Ooh. a towing episode. Yeah, and we are actually working on it. We, we're trying to get somebody, uh, I believe it's from the National uh, Towing uh, some sort of organization. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. You and I were walking through SEMA looking at hitches going, yeah. oh, really? Yeah. That's gonna... <laughs> I won't say the name, but yeah. it was like every custom dude with a drop hitch had this one company. And I was looking at the welds going, mm, not I'm so not, much. Not trusting that. Not trusting my $60,000 you know, trailer so, to that hitch. So Sal doesn't say how heavy his trailer is. And I think that's a big part of the equation. Um, I think on a half ton truck, it's, Going back to seven tenths, eight tenths, nine tenths. Can, can you just say percentages? Nope. God. And uh, I, I think that we'd have to know that to really understand what uh, you know what you could do to your F one hundred and fifty. I think airbags for load control are good. I Absolutely. think Hellwig sway yep. bar makes a big difference. Um, and honestly, if you've got the stock shocks on there, take them off because the reality is, is you can get a set of Bilstein's or something similar, a monotube shock. And I know Bilstein's like, oh, that's the off road shock. I guarantee you. Putting a set on your daily driver for towing will make a huge improvement in ride comfort, even with the uh, the uh, the trailer attached. Just because they're built for longer travel? Is that what you mean, or no? Uh, they can be, but not necessarily. Even the direct replacement ones, just because monotube and valving and the way those shocks work, it's just better control. The other thing is to properly set up your um, tongue weight and make sure the trailer doesn't exceed the gross vehicle weight rating or the gross combined vehicle weight rating of the trailer and truck together. Super important because if you put too much weight on your tongue, 
you don't have a lot of suspension travel. It's going to ride rough. So, I mean, there's a million things that go into you proper guys, safe towing. You've seen some of these videos where, and I was in, an, uh, we've talked about this before, I was going over a bridge. So we had um, a long flatbed trailer, and we were pulling it with a, um, an Explorer or something. And the load, we had um, loaded too far forward towards the, towards the tongue. And what happened is we were going over a bridge over a river, and it was a graded bridge. So it had air coming up through it, I guess. And a, and a gust came, and we just gently tapped on the brakes. The, the load pushes down on the, on the bumper, on it the rear bumper, front end. lifts up the front end. And now you can't steer. And now we have no steering, and we start Scary. wagging on a bridge Scary. over a gorge. Scary. One of the scariest things that have ever happened to me. Yeah. Far and away. And I'm in the passenger seat. And I thought the guy was joking, and I reach over and I grab the wheel, which of course you should never do. But I just it was just reaction, and I and I, there's nothing. There's the steering wheel is not connected no, to there's, anything. There's it's no just, weight. There's no weight. It's up yeah. in the air. And I told the guy, and he was hitting the brakes harder, and it was getting worse. Right. And I said, just accelerate. come off. I said, come off the brakes. Yeah. Come off the brakes. And he finally did, yeah. and it evened itself out. Sometimes but accelerating we is better. You know, if you get in a situation with a, uh, a wagging trailer and you don't have trailer sway control in your new, new truck, sometimes stabbing the accelerator to straighten it out and then reducing speed slowly. Very slowly, right. If you have enough room to do that. Obviously, there's a lot of things that go into towing. Um, we'll, we'll, do a, we'll do a tow episode because uh, there's, we've got some people that we're working with on that. And General Motors has some great new towing technologies on their new truck. And, and there's a lot to talk about there. So that's coming up. Let me, uh, we haven't done our reviews on iTunes. So let me go through a few of those uh, before we wrap up. We need an intro like, let's review or something like that, right? Five star. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, here you go. Uh, so uh, great podcast from Lumpy5395. Nice. <laughs> says, never listened to a podcast before, and I found and listened to a few. None of them catch my attention like these two did. It's a great mix of info, interviews, and laughs. Five stars! Five stars! So we, we actually find quite often that um, people have not, I guess the working man. Yeah, doesn't you listen li- to podcasts. You listen to free radio. You yeah. just punch in your favorite station, or you're listening to your iPod or whatever yeah. you got going on. Keep telling your friends. Spotify, but yeah. you know we are on Spotify. So yeah. check us out wherever you listen to audio. We're probably there. Yeah. Speaking of which, Holman, yes. you want to break the news? Uh, yeah, I can break the news. Um, as you guys know, we're on uh, Spotify and Stitcher and Google and, and iHeart. iTunes and iHeart and all these different places. Uh, we were hand selected. To uh, be part of the uh, beta test for Pandora. Mm-hmm. So for those of you who are Pandora listeners, and uh, they will be launching a new podcast section of Pandora, I guess, to compete with Spotify and some of the others. And the Truck Show podcast will be on uh, on Pandora's uh, on Pandora's new player. So if you recommend the Truck Show podcast to one of your friends and they say they couldn't find it, then they're lying to you because I are think literally everywhere. Well, I think there if if it's if there's audio, we're there. Well, and uh, what's cool is uh, this will launch sometime in December. So uh, Pandora is going to do a beta, and I guess they hand-selected, and we were on the podcast. So if you're a Pandora fan and you don't like leaving Pandora to listen to this on the 47 other places we are, <laughs> you are in luck because uh, Pandora is now going to be offering uh, yeah, podcasts. Podcast. All right, we've got uh, one from uh, Left Lane Once. It's a great show. Very funny and informative. Not a fan of the jingles, though. Aww. You are great without them. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars. <laughs> I'm sorry, they're gonna keep coming at you. Yeah, you know what? I, here's the thing: is is people either love or hate the jingles, and some people say I found the 15 or 30 second skip ahead for the jingles. The reality is, if we didn't do the jingles and the drops, the show wouldn't be as good. You guys would feel like it's empty, and it's 
It's not our goofy style. I, like, I used to play more. I've kind of backed off a little bit. A little bit. Yeah, but, uh, you know, they, it's, it's it comes, us, in, comes in waves. Yeah, it's, it's us. Yeah. Uh, the John Deere kid says, first off, love the jingles. Okay. <laughs> See, there you I go, guess. right? There, there you go. They actually decrease the suckage and please start having people choose between the T-shirt and the stickers. I'll take a sticker and he gives us his, uh, his address and he says, five stars. All right. And we've got uh, Matt R. says, awesome show. Love listening to you guys. The chemistry between you two makes what? it really enjoyable to listen to. Mm. Well, mm. not like that. That's weird. Yeah. All right, anyway. Uh, five star. <laughs> five star. All right. Hey, and uh, remember, guys, we have the new five star hotline, which uh, if you want to leave us a message, what we'd like is- um, Stories. We'd like stories. stories, yeah. So instead of saying, hey, I drive an F-250 or whatever, like, tell us about it. Just yeah. spend 30 seconds. I'm like, you're stuck on the road or wherever you're listening to this podcast. You don't want to email. Dial Just, us right now. Yeah, so- 657 657- 205-6105. That's 657-205-6105. 657-205-6105. And if you've forgotten it, just go to Instagram, and it's right in our bio. It's, it's been posted. All right, and uh, we've got, uh, oh, I know who this is. Five stars from Nihon. This mm-hmm. is somebody I know in Japan. Oh. And uh, he says, hey there, longtime listener, first-time reviewer. Love the podcast. Gives me a taste of home while on assignment in Japan. And cheers to your presenting sponsor, What a Company. <laughs> that's uh, five, five stars, stars from sweet. our good friend Dan Pass at Nissan. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Very cool. You know what's funny is the uh, the whole first-time caller, long-time yeah. listener. That was from the Tom Likas show. Is that where it came from? I, I don't know if- It's if, proliferated I don't then. know if that's where it started, but he owned it. Yeah. All throughout the like late 80s, 90s, Tom Likas. And he's like- so we got one uh, great show for all levels. I've been a diesel tech. This is from uh, Joe. Tom Likas here. Flash Friday. 1-800-5800-TOM. Does anybody even know John Likas? Tom Likas? Tom Likas? I don't if think so. If they listened to radio in the 90s, they Maybe. Do. Maybe. Was he syndicated all over? Flash Friday. Tom yeah. Likas. Yeah. 800. Yeah. I've, I've since loved getting that. Voice out of my head. Uh, okay, we got one from uh, Judd FTW. Says, great show for all levels. I've been a diesel tech for years and truck fan longer than that. Heard about these guys from David Freiberger and thought, hey, why not? They're great and well worth the listen. Keep up the great work, Lightning and Holman. There you go. There and he is. says, five, five stars. stars. All right. And uh, we've got Jeremy McDaniel says, where have I been? And he says, I'm just finding this podcast after being under a rock. You guys are opening a whole world of off-road and new people I was not aware of. Can't thank you enough. Keep up the good work. And I give the jingles. Five, Five stars! Sweet! <laughs> All right, we'll do, uh, we'll do one more so we can save some more for the this next episode. This is a episode. lot. Okay. I know, this is good, though. This is very self-indulgent. Uh, this is uh, Fargo Guy. says, great information from some awesome guests. Can we get more Gale Banks? Whether you're really into trucks or cars in general, this is a great podcast. Thanks, guys. I like the jingles. Size XL, please. And he says... Five stars! Yeah, we're gonna, right. we're gonna have Gail Banks on again. Uh, we've been talking about the rear differential program that he's been developing, and he's getting really close to launching it, to making it available to you. So when that happens, we'll have him back on. So yeah. I think we're just a couple of weeks away from that. So thanks for leaving all those five-star reviews. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on whatever service that you listen on. Please head over to uh, Apple Podcasts or the iTunes uh, side of the world and leave us a five-star review tremendously helps us in discoverability and rankings. And if you have uh, any emails, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com and at truckshowpodcast for uh, our socials on Instagram and Facebook. Oh, but it's time for what's new in trucks. You got some truck news? Oh, yeah. I'm going to start off with a big one. That's what she said. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? We need to know. 
lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of trucks? Uh, oh, man, that feels good. Yeah, it does. I feel like- uh, Not as good as that chocolate chip cookie. I, I need had, another yeah, one of those. Mine is a sugar cookie with M&M's on yeah, it. Yeah, I need another one. I'm, I'm starting to fade. I'm sugar high right now. Give me some what's new in trucks. Oh, did you see what happened last week? Uh, you got to be narrow it down a little bit. Uh, Jeep JT? No. Wrangler pickup truck? <gasps> got leaked. The one we've been talking about forever got leaked. <laughs> got leaked on the Jeep internet? has got to be oh, upset about that. Or, or did they leak it on purpose? It's possible. Uh, it'll be uh, debuting at the LA Auto Show uh, next week, I believe. Tell me, did your photographer shoot it? Uh, nobody shot it. These are all press photos that were apparently on the website in an unprotected area that somebody found. <laughs> I think somebody put it on the website and then called somebody, and that's how it was found. But, um, you know, manufacturers do things for different reasons. No, there's a web guy that got the wrong Some, instructions. Uh, maybe, it happens maybe, all the time. Maybe. But uh, the photos are out there, and uh, it's everything we thought it would be. Do you have a picture? Can I, I see it? Yeah. I'd like to see uh, the photo. Oh, and okay, that is that is cool. So we're looking at a, how do, how do we describe so this? So it's a Wrangler JL with a five-foot bed on the back. That's basically. what it is. Uh, but Jeep uh, wants everybody to know that it's going to be a real pickup. And we'll find more out at the LA Auto Show. Now, when you say it's a quote-unquote real pickup, what do you mean? Uh, from what I'm hearing is that it will have truck capability. It will not just be a, uh, a Wrangler with a bed. It'll be an actual, like, compete in the mid-sized pickup truck space. What will they... Hmm. Interesting. And uh, I think that's... Uh, that's How will they change all... it? That's got to be all new suspension, right? Well, I mean, I guess we'll find out officially. I mean... But you... you I know you know. So, the press release that was leaked with it says... No, wait a minute. The photo was leaked and a uh, press release was leaked? Uh, something like that. Okay. By the way, everybody's been calling it the Scrambler. Mm-hmm. Not the name. Oh, it's not. It's not the name. You know the name. Yes. Can you share it? It's the Gladiator. No way. So the Gladiator was a concept uh, in an old production Jeep, and so they're going back to the Jeep Gladiator name. And it says the Gladiator will offer best-in-class towing and payload. It'll have 7,650 pounds of towing. Oh, that's not bad. And 1,600 pounds of payload. Oh. Which is actually... Uh, best in class for the midsize. Is Greg already working on a decked system? Uh, we should ask him, but <laughs> yes. I'm guaranteeing you uh, he's looking at that. Apparently, the uh, Gladiator mm-hmm. will come in either the 3.6 liter Pentastar or the 3.0 liter Eco Diesel. Oh, uh, no, uh, no 2.0 T like in the uh, in the SUV. They're keeping it to the the larger engines, and it'll be available with manual transmission, which I freaking love. Interesting. I love it. Uh, it's very cool. We'll put some pictures up on our socials at Truck Show Podcast. Um, what I love about it, top comes off. You yeah. get a hard top. You get a soft top. It's just like a Jeep in those ways. All the uh, JL half doors and all that will work on the right. truck. Uh, I'm intrigued. I, I, To be co- dead honest with you, I was prepared to hate it. I'm kind of I'm entertained by it. I'm hearing incredibly good things about it. I'm hearing incredibly good things about the JL. And what I'm hearing is if you like the JL... And you're a pickup guy? Yeah. You're going to love the Gladiator. Huh. So we'll have more. I've info never next week. owned a Jeep product. I wonder if I could. I mean, you got to get your dually sold first. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Mom says, eat your vegetables before you <laughs> have dessert. <laughs> we got a dually to sell, guys. Uh, check this out. Uh, over on trucktrend.com and fourwheeler.com is uh, the next generation Ram Heavy Duties. The 2500 and 3500 were spotted in uh, various trims and bodies. So the regular cab and uh, crew cabs. And they look pretty meaty. Hmm. It looks like a 1500 that is much tougher. Uh, they have their own unique headlights. Uh, 
different grills. Obviously, the front end is taller, still solid axle in the front on the four wheel drives. I don't think you'll be disappointed when you see this truck in person. Uh, I'm getting a chance in about three weeks to see it early. Otherwise, it'll be debuting at the uh, Detroit Auto Show the second week of January. So uh, pretty exciting news for uh, the Ram 1500, which by all accounts has been uh, hugely accepted in the marketplace. And uh, they haven't even started building all trim levels and uh, cabs yet. And so uh, we had Jim Morrison on. He's talking about the sales success early on. And I have heard from more people who have bought the new Ram already who are like, unbelievable. Well, some of our listeners. Some of our listeners, too. Absolutely. Yeah, Uh, I think that this is Ram. They're really good marketers. You get enticed by the marketing, but then it pays off big time when you sit in the truck and you, it's the seat of your pants feel, it's the accoutrements inside. Accoutrement! <laughs> the accoutrement that you will need. Accoutrement? What is that? <laughs> Ram, they've just really done an amazing job. Yeah, it's it's a great truck. I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited be. for you. Yeah. yeah. And I hope that you can share some more information with us. Uh, but for now. Sooner than later. If you can't wait for the heavy duty and you live in the snow, uh, the 2019 Ram 1500 North Edition mm-hmm. is out. And uh, that's made for cold weather climates. And it's based on the mid-grade Bighorn trim. It'll Cold weather climates. What are they doing? Is yeah. it a block heater? Like, what are they talking about? Yeah. So you can get it in a uh, crew cab 4x4 with either a 5 or a 5'7". Uh, Come or with snow plow attachments. 6'4", inch bed. Starts at 45890 and uh, the North Edition has many of the off-road package features, like low-range transfer case, a uh, one-inch suspension lift, electronic rear differential. Ooh, whole one inch. Uh, well, electronic <laughs> locking differential, tow hooks, and uh, Falcon tires with the three-peak mountain snowflake rating from the factory. And then they also have an uh, engine block heater, as you said, heated seats and steering <laughs> wheel, and remote start. Uh, Mopar slush mats come standard. Slush mats? Yeah. You know, the deep uh, rubber mats? Yeah. And uh, heated side mirrors. So if okay. you're in the colder climates looking at a new Ram, you might want to check out the uh, new North Edition, which actually has its own interior styling. It looks pretty pretty nice. It's uh, like a tan and, uh, and black trim I'll show you Do here. you think they tried to team up with North Face and they couldn't do the deal, so they just got rid of the face and just stuck with North, the North <laughs> edition? I have no idea. <laughs> uh, and then the last news is uh, Cameron Steele brings home the uh, first trophy truck victory at the 2018 Baja 1000. So Now, Cameron Steele uh, has been a racer kind of on and off, but uh, he's an announcer, right? Or he he's was done a announcer. ton of stuff. A yeah. ton of stuff. And he races a lot, but doesn't win a whole lot, correct? And his dad, Mark Steele, uh, in his own right, was a Baja legend. Oh, I didn't know that. Passed away over the summer. Oh. So, uh, and then just a few days uh, later, Cameron was inducted into the uh, Motorsports Off-Road Hall of Fame. Okay. And now he follows up th- both of those. Was that done at Off-Road Expo when we were there? No, that was done at SEMA. Oh, okay. Yep. And so uh, he was one of this year's uh, inductees, and so uh, good on him. Yeah, you know? absolutely. He's, he's a good by, dude. By all accounts, Cameron is an amazing dude. I, I, It's weird because it's got to be like one degree of separation. I know so many guys that know Cameron. I don't know that I've ever met him, but everyone everyone loves Cameron. Well, it's kind of cool. He, uh, on his Desert Assassins, number 16 was you know his, his number. He... Uh, Put the name of other Baja legends and friends that have passed away around his number on his trophy truck. Oh, that's cool. And, you know, for those who believe in it, I, I, I bet his dad was uh, co-driving for him. And always nice to hear a cool story like that. So congratulations to uh, Cameron Steele on his uh, 2018 Baja 1000 uh, trophy truck victory. 
And the next time he's announcing, he can be like, yeah, yeah, I won that last yeah. year. You know what I mean? Baja legend. <laughs> <laughs> it's a tough, man, it's, it's a, a big deal. Race. Like, you know, that that is for you guys that don't live in Southern California, That that's like the, that is it, you know? Well, even just off-roading in general. Yeah. I mean, anybody who loves desert racing, desert Southwest, um, until you've been in a truck in the Baja racing I mean, I've I've done it. I've had the pleasure of doing it four Nothing or five times. Nothing as amazing. balls out. And I'm not even, I've never been in a trophy truck. I've been in a stock class. So when I was racing, it was Hummer H2s with like nine inches of suspension I travel. know that I would be scared to death. I've done, I've, sky, awesome, I've done skydiving. I've done <laughs> bungee jumping. I've done all that kind of stuff. You know, stuff. I've never done skydiving. Yeah. And that terrifies me. Oh, uh, I get I it. think in my youth, I would have been all no problem. But I feel like now that I have, you know, two young kids and all that, like, well, here's I, the you thing, think differently. Here's the thing, though, with skydiving is that you, your hand is on. Yes, you have to, like, you have to have faith that when you pull the ripcord, <laughs> it's going to yeah. go. You but think? you, you know, you watch the guy pack it and you got to, you got to think that you got to have faith, right? Yeah. But when you're in a trophy truck and you're sitting passenger, because I wouldn't drive it, I would never yeah. go that fast. But if you're like with a, you know, a, a professional driver going 120 miles an hour over over whoops, and you're sitting co- co-pilot, scary. Dude. It's got to be absolutely terrifying. Or you race with a guy like Josh Hall, and you don't have any uh, any windshield or anything, right? The Hummers we were racing were very wide, and, and Josh is a phenomenal driver, and he's won multiple, multiple stock class, and I've raced with his brother, Chad, and his dad, Rod, is obviously a huge off-road legend. He was the only person to race in every single one of the first 50 Baja 1000s. And, uh, but I remember one time when we were racing, we were going through the Cactus Gardens down in Baja, and uh, Josh kind of caught me sort of falling asleep, which is re- really weird. For anybody who has ever been in a race, you understand this. Not, yeah, I've, I've, I've heard that that could have the whoops put the, you yeah, and kind of you, lull you to a sleep. Exactly, right? and it can be violent and harsh, and you just sort of go with the truck, and you can just fade off in the middle of the night. So what he did was uh, kind of went over into the cactus garden, and cactus bulbs were flying over the hood through the uh, now windshieldless uh, windshield and sticking to my suit. So while we were going over the whoops, I was trying to pull the cactus cactus bulbs out with my bare hands. Oh, that and is the worst. meanwhile, he was laughing while yeah. he was driving. As long as not the kind of cactus that ejects the barbs. No, Have no, you no. seen these those are, kinds of cactus? Yeah, these were just uh, bulbs that had a lot of spines on them, and here they come, and I'll tell you, that wakes you up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There are kind of cactus in Southern California where, like in Anzabrego Desert, Yo, where, yeah. where when, go you, through tires. when you, no, not those kind, the kind where if you just literally brush up against them with your hand or your leg you end up with them they release yeah and and they stick to you and you can't get them out and the more you try to like brush them off the then worse. it's in your fingers and it's oh my lord yes my buddy fell on one it was all in his oh, butt oh dude oh, yeah it was crazy went sliding down a hill and got him all oh. over his ass and we had we had tweezers and we were all taking things out of his butt it was crazy yeah I bet he really liked that Hey guys, <laughs> yeah, never can, lived that can, one. Now, what's his nickname can, today? Can, can you take this out of my butt? <laughs> yeah, that's what she said. <laughs> I think that was a phenomenal show, man. We had so many people on. We had our buddy Steve Sanders from Cummins. Uh, you tried to sell a truck. I tried to sell a Jeep. We had our our buddy uh, Matt Hankin from a Rhino Rack on. We talked about some truck news. Uh, we teased a little bit about our Morocco trip with Nissan. Debuted our five star hotline. Oh six, yeah, five six, star. Five, six five seven. 205 <laughs> Or, of course, you can get us on email, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget our socials, Facebook and Instagram, at truckshowpodcast. We want to hear from you. Leave us a five-star review. Yes, please. It is the Truck Show Podcast, of course. 
the truck show, the truck show, the truck show. Oh, oh. And we got to thank Nissan, without whom this show would not be happening right now. And if you're in the uh, market for a brand new full-size truck, check out the uh, Titan at your local Nissan dealer. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Great truck, ton of value, great warranty. And uh, if you don't need such a big truck, Nissan Frontier is always an option. Or, hey, maybe you need a van. How about the uh, NV series? And can't forget our friends over at Decked. Yeah, Decked. So if you need a storage solution for your smaller truck, your midsize truck, your full-size truck, you got to check out Decked.com. 2,000 pounds of payload capacity on top of those cool locking, weatherproof, and dustproof drawers. Listen, do it all. Get a Nissan Titan and then put a Decked system in But- Make sure somebody at Nissan and somebody at Deck knows that the Truck Show Podcast <laughs> yes, sent <please>. you. <laughs> I get so goddamn diuretic when I sit here and my mouth just never stops.